We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we've got one we've been looking for, knowledge of the game from the guys that played it. Earl Watson got into coaching at the pro level after 13 seasons as a player. By 2015, he was in the head coach seat in Phoenix. The first thing he did was recognize the brilliance in store for Devin Booker and then put him in a position to tap into it. By going through the fires and playing among greatness, Earl's approach to coaching is with that in mind. For Gil, he recognizes Earl's philosophy as a player's coach and the benefit it gives not only stars, but your entire roster. Between Earl and Gil, they see where it works and where it doesn't. Also, how to relay that information to the next wave. They see the evolution in talent and are here to push it forward. It's an awesome edition of the No Show Podcast because we love Earl Watson and we love knowledge of the game. Remember, subscribe to No Show Podcast wherever you get your podcasts for every episode as soon as they drop and be sure to check it out on the No Chill channel on YouTube. And don't forget, every Monday, No Show with Gilbert Arenas on the Fubo Sports Network, 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll see you there. Welcome to another edition of No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. I'm Mike Botticello. And Gil, today on the show, it's a reunion show. The 2001 draft, the second round to be specific. We got Gilbert Arenas, pick number 30. 32, I think. And we have Earl Watson, pick yeah. number 39. Yeah. No, I think 31, I was 31. Yeah, you was 31. Yeah, was 31. yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are. Technically are. 30, because, you know, some with Timberwolves and they didn't get a pick, and it just kind of. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have that last was pick. Was that the Joe draft. Smith thing? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We had you know, Golden State Warriors and Seattle Supersonics. Shout out to Seattle. Everyone mm. loved that team. Yeah. We got to bring yeah. the Sonics yeah. back. But Earl, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, Gil has on my jersey, which is <laughs> Of course, of course. <laughs> the 25, baby. He, it's kind of like, I think he's I think he's low-key messing with me. That's the jersey he hit the game winner on me with. Mm-hmm. No, no. I, didn't I was wearing that up. jersey yeah, you in were. Seattle. <laughs> and he was at, at that year, he was hitting game winners down there from half court. Mm-hmm. So when it came down to it, I was like, I am not letting him shoot this shit. Like... I'm going to jam him, and my big going to have to make him play in the paint because I knew he was going to beat me, but he wasn't going to do the half-court walk away, hold his hands up on yeah. me. Like, I, w- I couldn't let that happen. But he he hit a runner, and I was pissed and as the, hell. And the funny part is, I was tr- but I was trying, because you were so close, I was trying to hurry up and get the foul. Yeah, yeah, you, you know kept what That was That yeah. was before, like, that was before we faked fouling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to draw to, to see if they're going to yeah. call it so I don't even have to worry about the layup. <laughs> But they just didn't, and I just chucked that. I, it was a chuck. But, but all summer, that, that whole summer, like, you was crazy that summer at, at UCLA playing pickup. You was shooting those half-court shots. Mm-hmm. So I would watch his workouts. When I would go, I would watch people's workouts, 
and get their rhythms and like steal shit for the season. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's why I will play pick up full and say, okay, if I pick up full in the summer, he gonna give me everything in this, mm-hmm. in this pickup game. And he was like, half court shot, half court shot, half court shot, drill, drill. I'm like, shit, I gotta jam this half court shot. This is drill work for him, but he hit a good shot. You know, so funny, that's, that's crazy that you said that because I think that's what's, for me, that's what's missing is we're going into the summer studying. Yeah. We're studying. Like, you know, like that that was what the summer was. Okay, what does he do yeah. with me? Because that's what I'm thinking. Like, man, he jammed me. Like, I need to figure because in the season, he already got the best of me. So he already going to know how to, yeah. you know, so yeah. we sit there and just sitting there watching. We didn't, it wasn't no one of those where we just go out there and just, nah, we sitting there trying to figure out weaknesses and strengths. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I think that it's not being, it don't, they're not playing it the same. No, I mean, we, I think the way we thought the game out was very thorough. Like for me, like I knew my role. I knew how I could stay in the league and that was to change the game. If I was with Denver, shoot a lot of threes. If I was Ray Allen and Rashard Lewis, be efficient, a lot of threes. Um, If I was with uh, Utah, be great running the offense in a half court. Mm -hmm. Dump it to Paul Millsap, Al Jefferson and let them work. And what I would do is, I, I know one thing was consistent is you change the game you change the pace of the game defensively. So for me, I would count dribbles. Mm-hmm. Like I would count your dribbles in the summer, like one, two, three, hezzy. Yep. So I would like mimic that and when I'm guarding them, like move my count one, two, three, and I would swipe on the hezzy to make mm-hmm. them go four, yeah. right? You gotta have counters. And what I realized is like the top players in the league like Gil had counters for everything, but I'm only gonna run into a Gil every, every two games, mm-hmm. maybe every three. Mm-hmm. So somebody else ain't got that counter, I mean, they shit yeah, all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the one, two, hezzy, or, you know, you take a player who's vertically, okay, I'm going to pick him up four, make him play horizontally. Now he can't score in a half mm-hmm. court because he used to with speed. Yep. You know, so you like, I make you do what you don't do. That was my whole defensive mindset. And, and <laughs> that's funny because whenever I did dribble and I'm going, and then someone like, whoa, wait, hold yeah. on. Like, how did you know I was about to try to take off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I got to reverse yeah. it and try to, you know, try to go. And that's why I always said, when you, when there's a great defender, remember they studied you. Yeah. That's what makes playoffs so great. Yeah. If you can score in the playoffs, you are skilled. Skilled. Because they know everything. Yep. That that defender is looking at the playbook. He's knowing. He's watching film. And I said, when you have a great defender, you can't play around with them. No. They, they, because their whole job, they, they know that. They, they want you to keep doing that because eventually they're going to get your rhythm. They're going to wear you out. Yep. So, you know, with a great defender, no matter what, how good you are playing, you still got to keep them off balance. Yeah. You know, take shots that you, you didn't, you didn't want to shoot, but they're like, okay, wait, why is he shooting from there? Make him rethink. Because you got to remember, they had the game plan. They, he's not trying to hold you to zero. He knows you're a volume shooter, so you're going to shoot 30 shots. Yeah. If you 10 for 30, yeah. good job. I did it. Yeah. You know, and that and that and that's what I started realizing. So it's like the better the defender, the less I'm trying to fuck around with him. You know, I'm just I just need to get to the yams and just because the more I I mess around, the it's better for him and his teammates. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and, and for me, I learned this from Hubie Brown uh early in my career when I was with Memphis and Hubie Brown, Jerry West. Hubie will always have us pick up full court and turn a player twice. And this is when the Lakers 
were were crushing it with Shaq and Kobe. That combination was ridiculous. And even if the game was close, I would always feel like they just fucking with us. Like, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. they could throw it to Shaq at any time and, and separate the game. So I'm like, damn, are we really winning or are they about to start waking up? Now, rest in peace, Lorenzo Wright, when he would have to guard Shaq, he don't have to guard a full seven seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like four. Four, yep. And that, those three seconds are big because Shaq, with any time, he's going to get he's gonna get a good shot. But if you can limit his dribbles to bang you, because Shaq was a banger, boom, boom. With two versus four, where you just can't stop it, mm-hmm. we had a chance to win. Yep, and that's that's you know that's the brilliancy of just thinking the game because you know the you know when if you're not a thinker, yeah, you know you miss out on yeah. all of this information, yeah, you know, and I you know like I you know I tell kids that you you have to think the game, also you yeah. have to be just as smart to play this game because there's little gems throughout the game, little secrets that help you you know, like get through situations. Yeah, and, and, and I know we talk basketball all the time, time we see it as like deep ass conversations with the game. But watching the playoffs this season, the Lakers early in the bubble, their guards was chill as fuck on defense. They were swaggy, they was like LA, I call it the LA cool, right? They were like not picking up full court, meeting them at three quarters, quarter, half court. And then Dane went off. Right? Mm-hmm. CJ was going off. Something happened in that locker room where, and I, I played for Coach Vogel as an assistant in, 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 in Indiana with the Pacers under like Larry, Larry Bird and Jim O'Brien. Coach Vogel is cool. He's a cool players coach with accountability. Like he lets you hoop in practice. Mm-hmm. Like they want to see like you get into it <laughs> and hoop. He lets you roll out the ball. Something happened to where I guarantee that him or Jay Kidd was like, no, we got to start picking up full. We got to kill that clock and wear players down. And then that's when the Lakers defensively changed and they haven't stopped that mindset. Now Danny Green, KCP picking up full. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to set the present because you got AD and Bron. Just be ready to shoot threes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give them the yeah. ball, spot up, exchange, like cut sometimes and be ready to let it fly because they will find you. And that's where they just took off. You know, I think sometimes like with teams like that, when you have greatness and you're trying to be a role player, you get lost in their greatness. Yeah. And you don't want to like mess it up. You don't, you know, it's it's one of the things like you can see some players. I'm like, like. Shoot, just shoot that. Like, because if you don't shoot it, yeah. your man is gonna now keep, you know, so yep. there's shots you're just gonna have to take, yep. no matter if you like them or not, because it's it frees up AD and LeBron. Yeah. And I think now, you know, now you got Caruso getting to the rim. Yeah. Because what I started doing the math on is I realized if they're shooting 20 free throws, yeah. AD and LeBron are taking all the free throws. Yeah. And that also means they're getting hit too much. Yeah. Because they got to get to the penalty. So yep. that means they're getting hit without any penalties. Yep. And then they got to get to the penalty hit. So I said, like a player like Caruso, with the jumping power, with your driving skills, take relief off of those guys. Yep. Get two, three fouls, you know, a half. That means that means LeBron ain't getting hit two, yep. three times, you know, without without, you know, it costing them. So it's like little things like that you gotta understand. Don't yep. be afraid because it helps them in the long run. What you said, Earl, and I think you guys know this, you actually know what happened in the locker room. Do you think it was Jay Kidd that recognized that as a guard to know that's what you got to do is pick him up full court? I think, I think you think about the Pacers teams 
from from when Larry Bird was there leading the organization. People people forget how aggressive those Celtic teams were in the backcourt. Like they were they would fist fight you in the old Lakers Celtics <laughs> games. You know what I'm saying? Like they would fist fight you. And Larry Bird always had that mentality, even though he wasn't the one fist fighting, he was the one verbally instigating it. Mm-hmm. Right? He mm-hmm. always talked the most trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Protection. Yeah. yeah. So it just that carried over to the Pacers when he coached with the Pacers, when he became front office with the Pacers. And Dick Harder were there, was there, rest in peace to Dick Harder, who is a legendary Oregon uh, Ducks head coach who coached with Pat Riley with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So he always had his team. And, um, you know, when I first signed with Indiana, we, me and him, we really had a, a really weird relationship because he was, you know, Oregon Ducks, you know, UCLA, right? Yeah, 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 and I was like, hold up, like you talking about Coach Wooden? Like I know you my coach, but watch how you can talk to me, right? And then he, after my first game, I played defense, and I like to get up under you because if if I would close out to Gill, I can't give Gill space. He's too strong, too talented, too fast, too skilled. He will yam the shit out of me. But I, if on a catch, if I can jam him and get up under him and make him back up on me. <laughs> That's what I have to do every time. You know? It, it helps it me. Yeah. It helps me, right? It's going to help me because I'm not as fast as him. I'm not as strong as him. I'm not as laterally, laterally quick as him. But I, if I can make him now play in smaller space, even though I know I'm at the guard him, I'm comfortable with that. And I know he's going to hit tough-ass shots, and I know I'm not going to stop him. But if I can make him talk, like, damn, every time I play Earl, he fucking jams me, and they ain't gonna call foul every time, so I'm getting away with hits, bumps, you know, and they gonna call a foul, but they ain't gonna call six in a row. So shit, I'm gonna use mine. Like, I'm gonna lose four to five every game off the bench and just be aggressive. So it's like, once Dick Carter saw me play that way, he was like, I love the way you play defense. And we became friends. And we started talking about the old days and defensively. So. Frank Vogel has that mindset. J-Kid has that mindset. And those Pacers team with Frank when he was leading a young Paul George were aggressive and kind of like, as Pop call it, edgy or nastiness. I think that's exactly what it is. As a player that played it, has been through the wars and the trenches, to being able to relate to the next wave. That's really what it is. Not, that doesn't always happen. And it takes that, you know, that that camaraderie, even if you, you butted heads at first with Dick and then... Okay, we worked this out because he saw in you who he was as a player. I think that is that what you guys ultimately would want to do with the next generation? Yeah, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to, you know, use how I thought the game into trying to get into coaching. But because coaching is still different. Yeah. You know, there's there's more micromanaging, yeah. you know, than it is as a player. You know, even though I think the best coaches are the players because to be at that level, you had to think different. Yeah. You, you, you know, you had to pick up on things, time possession, who does what, whose favorite spot, what the milk. What, you, you had to understand that. You had to process it all. Now just trying to, how do you translate it to coaching where you can give that information to kids? You know, I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, um, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. it's one of those things. It's just like I'm still trying to learn from the other side on how do you relay the message of this, you know, because because we naturally did it. Yeah. You know, now it's trying to re- trying to relay it. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you know, it's trying to, you know, trying to relay that message is what I'm trying to 
grabs right yeah, now. I think well, I, yeah, Earl, I, you did it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, it. see, it's different because Gil was so talented. Like, me and Gil go way back. I remember when Gil was coming to play at UCLA in high school, right? And we would try to give him clothes, shoes. So when he didn't come to UCLA, I was low-key pissed at him. Like, I remember, like, we, like, he would come, he was like our little bro. Like, you know what I mean? And he'd be in there, and it's like, he was super fast. He was shorter, but he would shoot super fast. And then his senior year, I'm reading about him giving people, like, 40s, right, in the Valley, right? But then back then, the L.A. kids was like, oh, that don't really count. <laughs> and I remember, because I'm not from L.A., I'm like, shit, really he, I think it counts. Like, it counts, you know what I mean? 40 is swear, okay, where do you get it? Like, if you can be 50 and go play with 12-year-olds, you ain't going to get 40. You're going to be too tired. So, like, and then at the end of this high school season, they had an all-star game at Pauley Pavilion. It was like a, I don't know, it was like an L.A. all-star game. I remember that. And I remember seeing Gil there, right? And he didn't speak. He already committed to Arizona. I was like, oh, shit, it's time to go to war. Like, I can't like him anymore. Like, that, that, he set the tone right yeah, yeah. there. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay, I got you. Like, it's just, that's how we competed. But when you really think about, like, breaking down a player, and for me, it was always, I think I was just lucky to be in the right spaces. My high school teammate from middle school, high school was Jerron Rush. So he's the number one player in the country. So I will always watch how the top players think. Top players like Gil, they are, they are non-pattern players. Where, and what I mean by that is, this is a good example. D. Will in Utah was the best version of D. Will we saw. Mm-hmm. He mastered that pattern of offense. You couldn't play outside of autos, Coach Long. When D. Will went to Brooklyn, he had to think different, and it's hard to play in a pattern and then go to a non-pattern offense where end of the game, figure it out. Because yep. that's what you did. End yep. of the game, yeah, you yeah. figured it out. Yeah. I didn't know what's going to happen in the game with, with facing Gill, but I knew with D. Will, end of the game, it's going to be high pick and roll, D. Will, boozer. High pick and roll, D. <laughs> Will, miss out. Like you knew what was going to happen, then he's going to come off, he's going to cross you, come off, hit you with a step back. What they did with him is like they said, put four on the baseline, flatten out, here's the ball. I'm like, so I, I learned rhythms, I learned flow, I learned mindset, and I learned um, patterns to players to where it, it's, it hasn't, in the longest time, people talk about Ja Morant, right? And the first comparison people was throwing out, it went like wildfire. He's like Russell Westbrook. He's not. Ja was a natural point. Mm-hmm. Russ was never a natural point. He had to learn the position. Ja plays differently. Just because he's athletic don't make them the same. Like, you know what I mean? So, so Ja to me reminded me more of Baron Davis, yep. Gilbert Arenas. Because he can hit you with patterns that you didn't see on the video. Like he hit you with new. I remember I played against BD and BD hit me. I know BD loved the, the step back and the hezzy mm-hmm. and the cross, yep. step back for three. <laughs> so I was on his patterns like swiping. Swipe. We practiced every day you slay together, my roommate. Hit me with a step back and then a, a hezzy and another and I'll step back. It damn near broke my ankle. I wasn't used to that, but he knew he had to go into something different. And when you have a non-pattern player like Gil, and he sees a player who is, say, a younger me coming up, he will have you have to teach me in a pattern. Mm-hmm. Right? And then when you see someone like yourself, and this is what I did with Devin Booker, I wanted to see how many complex combos 
could I put into his game early? So we get in the gym, I'm like, okay, step back. Step back, cross, get back to the midpoint, which is on the baseline, the dunker spot, step back, fade. And he was doing them so effortlessly. I was like, okay, now I can start reflecting on my time around seeing you in the summer, reflecting on uh, videos of Kobe. We can start breaking down film of Kobe. Now we can start breaking down film of players who I play with who has who can play outside of a pattern like a KD, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Who can play outside of a pattern like a um, combo guys and study in film and let's just start giving him everything. Do you think that's more, more kids nowadays are going to, is, non-pattern or freestyle, the more kids are gonna be able to play like that or is the opposite, less? Um, you know, it's, it's like, you know, gray area players versus black and white. Yeah. You know, um, I remember when I was in, um, and I had the, the conversation with Stan Van Gundy. And I said, you know, you, you can never coach a, a Derrick Rose. I said, you know, you need the J.J. Reddicks and you need, to turn, you need to know exactly what's going on all the time. And that's why you have so much control. Mm-hmm. Because you, 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 you don't want to let your star and you don't, you can't, it's hard for you to have gray area p- players. I said, so you need the black and white to know what's going on. And I'm like, we don't have a black and white team. Yeah. I said, I'm not a black and white player. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, Jason Richardson, no, you, I, I said, you just let go, let us do what we do. It's a concept. I said, because you got your middle Nelson, he's stoppable in, in, in black and white. Yeah. You give him his free reign, he, he'll turn into a whole nother player. Because I can see it. I can mm-hmm. see that he's forcefully holding back. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 you're not letting him just do him. And that's what usually happens with, you know, players. You know, you get put in the, the wrong situation and your talent get held down to the point where you don't even know who you are anymore. And you have to conform to, to this box area type of game, which is not your game. You know, so and I always tell people, like, if you get put in the wrong situation, think, same thing with a coach. Like, if you're a coach that allows freedom and you, you, you like gray area, you like and every player you had is black and white, that ain't going to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're drafting, the wrong, you're drafting the wrong players for this organization. This yeah. is, you know what I mean? But, you know, as, as, it seems like as coaches, but as coaches, yeah, I guess you have to understand that too. Understand what you have and try to utilize it. But, I, you know, it's like, yo, hey, chef. It's, 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 it's interesting he talks like that, and this is, this is really good because I don't feel like a lot of people understand this. When I was at UCLA, I would spend a lot of time with Coach Wooden. I would try to see him once every other week at his condo off White Oak. He lived right off White Oak in the Valley, Encino. Mm-hmm. And my first, I'm like young, you know what I'm saying? I just heard what I saw on TV. It's no social media, so I, you know, I've seen pictures, I've seen old videos, but I never, I can't like Google stuff back then. I didn't know computer. I was broke. You know what I mean? <laughs> broke as hell. I didn't see a computer until I got to college first time. So I, w- I was sitting in his den like this, having conversations, and he hits me with this, and it kind of it, it messed me up because I wasn't ready for this. And I did not want to make this first meeting a bad impression. He was like, it's twice in my career I did not run the UCLA high post. He created the offense. He's like, do you know when? I'm like, shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. He's like, when I had Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton, 
why would I put dominant seven footers at the elbow? And I was like, damn. He was like, you have to conform to your personnel. Don't be so stubborn in what you know that you force your team to play a certain way that doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, oh, light went off, right? And I would go home and I always wanted to be like Coach Wooden. Well, I was hanging with Coach Wooden. Baron, my roommate, Baron Davis, was hanging with Magic Johnson. And if you see us, we kind of like took off in those directions. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to be like Coach Wooden because those this inspiration and what he's given me just constantly changed my life. And we talk about pattern player, non-pattern. You get the wrong coach, it can change the entire player's career. Mm-hmm. So start with Devin Booker. At an opportunity to bring him along slowly, because they had just paid Eric Bledsoe mm-hmm. and Brandon Knight $140 million combined to start in the backcourt. So by me starting Devin Booker, was like, whoa, <laughs> what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm not paying him 70 million, Brandon Knight 70 million come off the bench. But I just saw in the backcourt when you have Brandon Knight and Eric Bledsoe, you had two pattern players. Mm-hmm. The game was changing. And I knew the game was changing because from my AAU teams, mm-hmm. I seen what was coming. That's not going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, you can't have a pattern player with the ball. Yep. <laughs> You're not going to win. So I looked at Devin, and I was already, before I became an interim, I was already working him out, so I knew what he was capable of doing. I was his development coach. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yo, we're going to switch it. We're going to start him, and that's going to be the role. And people thought I was crazy. Because at Kentucky, he played as a pattern player, catch and shoot. Mm -hmm. He wasn't isolated. He came off the bench. And here I am saying, as a young coach who just came from the G League, Lost in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> like, what the hell are you telling us? Like, you know what I mean? But I'm saying, I've seen, I've been teammates with these players my whole life, similar. Mm-hmm. And the first week with Book, I put him in limited patterns, a lot of creativity. And I set him in front of the whole team, in front of the whole room. I learned this from UB Brown. I gave everyone a role, telling how many shots they're going to shoot, how many minutes they're going to play. And, oh, you ain't going to play. Mm-hmm. But if he fucks up, you're going to take his spot. He has five games not to fuck up or secure his spot. Mm-hmm. Just be ready. You might not like it, but you respect it instead of sitting at the bench wondering. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I looked at Book, and I was like, yeah, you're going to shoot 16 to 21, 22 times a game. And everybody, like, I mean, Book is like, what, 18 at the time? And Markeith Morris? Mm-hmm. We're going to play out of you. I know you haven't had a successful time here. It's been, you want to get out, you want to get traded. We got two weeks of the trade deadline. You're going to be our number one option. Mid-post, pick and pops, pin downs, isolations, dribble handoffs. You're going to receive in turn because he's, he's agile with the yeah, ball. Yeah. He reminds me of Paul Millsap. Yep. So I start mimicking my time with Paul Millsap, right? And hopefully we get you traded in two weeks. What coach has that conversation? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want you here, but I'm also a pro and I've been here. It ain't about me, it's about you. Let's kill all the elephant in the locker room. Anyone that has a problem with Markeith getting 16 to 20 shots a game, 20 plus a game, and book, raise your hand. Oh, you don't? Cool. PJ Tucker, mm-hmm. you're gonna be our defender, our leader, corner threes. Every corner three you get, if you don't shoot, I'm subbing you out. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's who? Clears conversation. 
non-pattern player, Jason Tatum. I went to his workout before we draft, before the draft with the Suns. I was head coach. This, I never seen no shit like this. We get in the gym, he's doing his dribble warm-up drills. You know, we sit down, they start corner threes. He rips off 40 straight corner threes. Doesn't miss the first one, 40 straight. Boom, 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 boom. My mind starts going. Shit, great shooters I play with. Dame Lillard, Jason Capono, Ray Allen, Wes Person. He's a natural shooter. Owner stops it. We didn't stop it. Do something. Else. Like, no, let him go to 100. Let's see how many he can rip off. Mm-hmm. That tells you a lot, yeah, yeah. right? Yes. You know, you're a shooter. Yeah. You rip them yes. off. You talk about that. If you can't rip it off, you can't shoot. Yep. He gets into his combo drills and he's elusive and he's moving. He has like three or four combos for every move. I'm like, a shooter who's a non-pattern player who's a scorer is dangerous. It's a no-brainer. If we can figure out a way to get him with Devin Booker. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> with TJ Warren, who's a non-pattern scorer in the paint, mm-hmm. you have great balance to your attack. We might not be good defensively because they're both young, but y'all better be ready to score 130. Yeah. <laughs> Jamal, Jamal Murray, same yeah. draft. Mm-hmm. Sit with him. He doesn't rip them off like, like Tatum, but you could tell he's a great shooter. Mm-hmm. And then when I see him work out, he's, he's such a pro. And I could tell he has the ability. So some players are great workout and game players. And some players are terrible workout players and gamers. I was like, he's a gamer. I seen him beat the USA team as a kid representing Ken. I watch all, I've been around AAU for so long. I watch all of them come up. He's a gamer. So I have a conversation with him. I want to like, yo, what's behind there? Right? Because you can do everything. You can get fooled by watching a workout. What's behind here? Yeah. So I asked him, like, yo, what is, like, your regiment? This is crazy. He was like, my dad has been teaching me to meditate since I was five years old. He said, I meditate every morning of the game, the entire game, and I can meditate my heart rate to damn near, near death. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how can we get him too? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, Don't tell we, anybody else that. <laughs> how can we get him too? Because he was beyond his years and he was so calm and I'm not surprised by the success he's having. He just, you're not going to rattle him. Yeah. You know, you're not going to rattle him. And it's like, how do you get these, these non-pattern players and make them feel comfortable? So... But the year I coached Phoenix, we had the most game winners in any team in the league. And this is hard to do with a team that's not trying to win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where rosters are limited by ownership, you just cut them and five players not available tonight. But what we did a summer before is I would get Book, I would get Bled, and TJ, all that game winner special. Only three is going to get it. Book's going to be the first option. Mm-hmm. And between Bled and TJ, if Book is not going, whoever going. Mm-hmm. But I knew Book always wanted it. But we practiced game winners. Right? We couldn't end a workout unless you hit two or three, three game winners in a row to end it. And some of them I would create a pattern for Bled. I would create an isolation for TJ off the move. And I would create isolation and pattern or catch at the elbow for Bled. You can put them anywhere for yeah, game yeah, winner. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You can catch off the dribble with the jabs. You can give him the ball. Or you can run a high pick and roll. And I knew the flow of the game. I would look at him. He'd be like, <laughs> All right, zipper up, everybody flat, yeah. you know, versus Dallas, you know, you're going to catch it. Wes Matthews, who's going to guard you, was my teammate in Portland. He's going to jam you. Mm-hmm. 
he gonna get up under you and try to bully you. Don't waste your dribble. Pivot, pivot, Kobe shit. Jab, pivot. We did it all summer. Let's go. It was easy. He knew he was getting it. Mm -hmm. Game winners. We practiced it. You know, even we practiced it. So you gotta have that, I don't know what to say. I think you gotta have that experience to say, you know, this is how it's gonna go because you remind me of X. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that 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 when when you're on the outside and you look in and you see some of the decision makings that's going on, some of the players that's picked, how do you get it wrong? It's because when you go to the next level, because they've never played the game yeah. and never thought of the game like this, yeah. they don't know what they're looking at. They're looking at face value. Yeah. How did he shoot in the workout? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care how he shot. How does he play? Yeah. You know, because some 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 guys know how to bring it in practice. Some just can't. They just can't. They just don't know. They just, it just doesn't trigger them. But when they, you turn those lights on, they actually can like go. They 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 wasn't trained to to be a skilled guy in a workout. Mm-hmm. They were just hoopers <laughs> yeah. who pray. They they I could never give Gil. This is this is where I understand. You got to understand your your limitations. If Gil was younger and he came to me, I would pull all his videos and mimic his, all his patterns. And if a kid asks me, why did he do that? I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. When you're a pattern player, there is no why. You just feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's like you like a freestyle dancer. Like mm-hmm. you can't, he doesn't know why. It just comes to him quick. You know, that's how he thinks. Like you can't mimic that. You just gotta be able to like be creative in the moment. But I think that's what it is. I think it's feel. And that's what you can't, it really, especially when you're a great player, you can't really describe that to people. It just. Yeah, and that's I, the challenge. Can you describe it? I, I, like, like I have a even when I got drafted, right? Everything I did, like me personally, off my my me going through the draft, I thought I was top ten after all my workouts. Oh, sh- sh- that was it. Bust his ass, bust him. He's horrible. He's special, not to me. Killed him, right? So when draft day come, I'm over here like, oh yeah, what's it? Yeah, Boston, I know you got me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I killed everybody y'all brung up. No, no, no. And I'm looking at dress. Says I'm the best one-on-one player, so what else they looking for? And then I'm sitting here like, I don't like the process because the guys you're looking at, let me go at them so we can see if he's really this good. Because you got to remember, you don't know how great someone is until they play against someone who might not be better, but he has bigger heart. You need to really test your product. So it's like, there's a reason that only two and a half players make the all-star in the lottery. And the other all-stars that's coming through after the draft. Because what you're basing it off of has no merit to actual gaming. Because I remember when I'm playing in, I'm in, I'm in um, Golden State, and I remember I called my first one for flat. We do, yeah. the, we do the pick and roll, boom. Somehow we get the switch, yeah. right? So I got the big man on me, yeah. Eric Dampier, and then um, uh, Eric Dampier's on me, and our big man would have been, it was Danny Fordson on, as the second unit. Nope, Mark Jackson. It was Mark Jackson, yeah. got, got Dean Oliver on him, yeah. right? And one, flat. Coach calls timeout. Well, what what are you doing? What do you mean? 
Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you don't see we have an advantage down there? That's not an advantage. And he lost it. Lost. Wait, excuse me? That's not an advantage? No. So you're saying our big man down there on a guard is not an advantage. Oh, I got to hear this. Well, it's the big man down there. The defense is going to double that. Like, as soon as I throw it down there, they're going to double. He's going to pass it out. I'm going to get it. I'm going to pass it, swing it. You got a non-shooter in the corner. That's the shot the defense probably wants, that non-shooter in the corner. No, so that's not an option. I have the big man, the, 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 the basket protector, on me. I'm going to beat him to the basket. Who's protecting them once I get there? Yeah. No one. Yeah. I'm going to get an easy layup. Worst case scenario, the guard who was guarding me yeah. has to try to take a charge. I dump it off to my, my guy. He makes a layup. Yeah. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Get out. Damn. <laughs> go side. I had to go back on the side like, oh, I know that shit would have worked. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're sitting there, right? Sitting there, sitting there. It was like five plays later, right? Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Got the switch. And I said, you know what? Pass it down. Double. Swing, swing, swing. Boop. I said, I guess that wasn't the play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then from there, you know, I remember uh, we had like, back then it had like, it wasn't, it wasn't therapist. It was like, you know. I mean, was it was it called therapist? I, I don't. I know you're talking about like there was a sign to the team. Like, like a yeah. sign, yeah, yeah. So I'm talking to him, and you know, now he wants to talk about the. the yeah. And and I had to explain to him, and he was like, you know, I don't know if you're ever gonna be, you know, good in in here, but you think, yeah, you know, like the logic behind it, yeah, you know, it's not the norm, yeah, you know, it's not the norm, so, you know. And he was like, don't conform. Yeah. Because what you said makes sense. Because now what they just did now doesn't make sense. See, passing it to the post made sense until someone just introduced something different. Yeah. And now the new, you know, so I challenged that thought process early. Yeah. And I remember I didn't I didn't play uh in in the uh, Dave Cowens ended up getting fired and Brian Winters was the coach. Mm-hmm. And Brian Winters from the rip like I mean I'm on IR really not playing and then he was like do you? And that's when you was you start getting like 20s and 30s. Yeah, and I'm like like you know I'm like you know you go from IR trying to make it, you know, it's like like, I know I'm good. I mean, I'm probably not NBA good, but, you know, yeah. you know, I can get like 4-5. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And then he was like, yo, just play your style. Yeah. Don't, you know, we, ain't, we, ain't, we don't have, look, you see what we have. Yeah. Just, just go out there and play. And he was the first one to just, just go. And that's, and that's interesting, right? Because going back to drafting players, you have three years to define a young NBA player. After the third year, they conform to who they told, they said they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now, if he would have said, okay, he ain't gonna be the same Gil, right? He was in his first year. Mm-hmm. So non-pattern players have a stubbornness to their ability and confidence that as a coach, you gotta understand. 
you got to let it go. And when you draft him, you got to have a vision for him. You don't just draft him because he's good. You go, okay, when I draft him, he's going to scale into this. How can we get him there? Coach, if you give Devin Booker the ball and he's 18, most 18-year-olds can't handle it, and he fails, you might crush him. True, but I spent time with Devin Booker, and I know his dad is a real one. Mm -hmm. His dad was my favorite player in the Big 12, Melvin Booker, point guard at Missouri, Big 12 player, Big 8 player the year back then, right? So I know what he put into him, and when I talk to him outside of basketball, because we have an outside basketball relationship, he's mature for 18. Mm -hmm. If he fail, I'm not worried. If he miss, I'm not worried. I know he can bounce back. But if you have another player who's younger, who's not ready for that, you can't put him in that situation because it'll crush him. But Gil was ready for that. And if I was the coach back then, I dropped a young Gil, I know his background story. I know how he persevered in his personal life to get to this point. I know as a UCLA, he played bad in the first half and gave us 33 in the second. Mm-hmm. At Pauly, I was yeah. like, this is my coach. Like, like, I was like, man, it's the coach too. You can't stop him, right? His speed is, is remarkable. And I'm like, late pick, we got to still give him the ball, watch him go. And But the thing is, that old NBA era was pattern only. That's why all the point guards went late. And remember, that was a big draft. It was that like seven-footer, seven-footer, seven-footer. That was all the high school big kids. Like the first point guard was uh, Utah. Hargo? No, no, Hargo, no. Um, it was a Utah Lopez. Raul Lopez. Raul Lopez. Yeah. It, was, it was like the first. And I'm like, I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Then it was like Jamal Tinsley. Yeah, all at the end. Yeah, it was all at and the end. And you flooded into <laughs> the first pick in the second round, and the rest is history. But Gil was way, if Gil came into this league now, he'd be top three because it's all about trends. But and I'll talk about this all the time. NBA analytics, NBA coaches, GMs, you don't set the trend. The trend is coming up. Mm-hmm. I've seen this trend coming from AAU basketball. You don't set the trend. Nobody got, you know, Steph Curry or Trey Young and said, okay, we're going to allow you to do it. No, they came and said, this is me. Everybody else is going to adjust. Yes. So if you don't know grassroots, you don't know the next trend. This trend is not going to last forever. It's going to constantly change. That's just basketball constantly changes. So you got to adjust to the trend and say, how can I make this player better instead of conforming to the way we had to pass in the yep, post, passing. cut through, spot up in the corner. And if you have post game, you got all the touches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think what you said about John Morant is exactly that. People didn't know what Westbrook was, right? Until he became who he became. And now when Ja comes along, coaches just kind of think like that. Like, all right, now he's like a Westbrook type player, so I'm going to do Westbrook type things with him. When you know, as soon as you start to think like that, you're lost. Because you, it's, like, it's like if you're a cook and I can make a dish with any, you just throw it on the, on the counter and I'll make a meal out of it. Yeah, yeah you know, it's just, like, it's just like us growing up. And the wave is looking. So what the wave is doing, this bottom grassroots, they're looking at NBA. Yeah. They're watching. They're mimicking. Then they're, you got to remember, here, all the freedom in the world, mentally. Up here, most of the players are capped off, depending on what you are in your, your, your team. So they have, they get to look and watch moves and go out there and freestyle them and, 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 and just get busy with them. So 
What you did, they done added four or five different combos to all of it. So technically, they're more advanced when it comes to creativity. So, you know, if, if I'm shooting from this, Steph Curry, Dame Leonard's watching. Oh, you see that, that shot? Oh, yeah, let me try to pull up. Now they're, now they're mimicking it. Now they're trying to shoot it farther, farther, yep. farther. They're, they're watching, like, I turned around. Now they want to do the whole circle. Yeah. Start clapping, you know, and that's what they're doing. So what ends up happening is once it comes into the league and everyone sees it successful, now they're like, now they got to start. Now they're trying to look for it and mimic it. And we need to put the analytics. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't analyze and put a structure off of one team. Like, like yeah, Curry is number one, number two. Clay is number one, number two. KD's one, number two, three. Like, these are the best shooters in the game. You can't yeah. say, oh, we need to run and shoot threes and don't let layups and threes. Wait, what? What? Do you know there's like uh, 29 other teams that don't have these three moments? So, <laughs> like, they don't, have, they don't have them. So, like, that is a bad, that, that is a, that, that's great for them. That is actually bad for everyone else if you're going down this trend. Because what ends up happening is because there's only a few Ray Allens, <laughs> yeah. but they're all taking Ray Allen shots, you have bad basketball. So now when you look at an over-under and they scored 214 in 2020, that is horrible. You're shooting 20, 30 more three-pointers than the early 2000s, but only averaging four more points. <laughs> what? I don't know what your analytics say, but that is horrible. That is a horrible stat line. And that's where analytics becomes, I love analytics because you can analytically, you can make everything, anything look sound, good. Sound good, yeah. You can find a number that matches what you want to say, right, and what you want to prove. And one analytic is in the NBA, it's rim number one, which is going to get fouled, free throws number two, and corner threes, right? It's the best three options. Analytics come in now. I don't know if they did this before, and they say we have to play this way. To your point, we have to shoot thirty threes a game. That's, that's what they told me, and I said, "With who?" TJ Warren is a paint scorer. Bled is most effective driving, getting a piece of the paint. Book can shoot 10 if I tell him to. But where are we going to get the other 20? Mm -hmm. Like, Brandon Knight is a three-point shooter off a combo. He has to combo before he shoots. He can catch and shoot, but he's more efficient, like, getting into his rhythm. Mm -hmm. That's going to be bad basketball. Got to do it. Okay. We about to get a top pick. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can say, okay, either, either you really believe that or you really want me to get us a top pick. Mm -hmm. Just tell me the truth. Because if you was my teammate and you shot all those threes, I'm going to cuss you down. out. Yes. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, that happens. And then you really, you really start to break down, like, the why and the how and the waves. You remember when we were in, in coming up, it was, like, probably, say, seventh, eighth year into, our, into the league. We would go see young kids play. Mm -hmm. And we'd be like, man, all these young kids want to do is dribble and shoot threes. Yeah. Right? Or get to the paint and shoot a layup. They don't have no mid-range game. But them young kids are now our superstars. So analytically, that's why the elbow jump shot doesn't look good. Because they don't practice it. Mm -hmm. 
That wasn't their upbringing and skill work. So is it the analytics or is it the habit? I say it's the habit. If you constantly drill something, you're going to be efficient, right? Just drill it, drill it efficiency. And if elbow shot is like at the 38 to 42 or maybe even lower, you have to ethically figure that out and say, okay, he can shoot it. But for Earl Watson, you can't shoot that shit. Bro, when you get the ball and you drive it, drive and kick mm-hmm. or drive and get a layup. But don't you shoot it. Elbow. Coach Woodhand is saying, I love you all the same talking to his team, <laughs> but I love you differently. The bus is going to wait on Luau Cinder. The bus ain't waiting for you, Earl Watson, <laughs> right? The bus is going to wait for Gilbert Arenas, <laughs> right? So you got to understand and coach everyone differently with more, more leash. That's, that's, cra- that, that, that's crazy because how, how do you – how do you coach a team – to success if they're telling you this is what you got to do, right? You got to shoot 30, 33s. And you like, I played this game for so long. If we shoot 33s a game, we're going to get our ass kicked most games. And me getting my ass kicked, you're going to fire me. And you firing me off of something you told me to do. <laughs> That's how it works. That's like how you, it... you telling me to take 33s a day game, and we don't have that personnel here. And we're going to be last, bottom last in threes, and then you're going to look up, and then they're going to be like, your team was bottom last in threes, we got to make a change. And then, and then I'm going to get fired because th- this is what you gave me. Like, that's what I don't understand. And it's, 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 it's a good, it depends on how bad you want your next contract, right? So if I, was a, if I didn't play in the league for 13 years and I came into coaching and I'm trying to build my financial wealth, I'm going to have a problem with that. But for me, I'm trying to figure I was young. I was trying to figure this coaching thing out. It happens so quick and I have time to breathe. Like, it... I became the interim head coach in Phoenix and technically didn't even have a contract as an assistant. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I, I, I got hired behind the bench. I helped with the LaMarcus Aldridge pitch because I helped with Sean Marks in San Antonio, so I knew it. I knew in Phoenix we could do way more because uh, San Antonio has certain rules and regulations to how much they want to give one player mm-hmm. spotlight. Then I was a development coach for Booker and Eric Bledsoe and Ronnie Price, who was my teammate in Utah. Like, how do I help him progress and get him some extra years? I became, on my contract, it read, the only way my contract was voidable was if I moved to the front of the bench and got a title, front of the bench. Our entire assistant staff gets fired. Jeff Hornacek becomes head. He's still head. I moved to the front of the bench and with me dealing with my contracts over the years in the NBA, shit, I read. Uh-huh. I know my contract situation <laughs> for outs and extensions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't new to me, right? I go into my meeting and they go, okay, we're going to offer you a front of the bench title, which is titles are big in coaching. And we're going to pay you X amount for two years, 
uh, second year or option. Now, me being a former player, I don't want to talk to anyone about money. Talk to my agent. Because I'm going to say some shit you ain't going to like. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's going to get ugly. <laughs> so I'm in the room and I have to have this conversation. I know it's about to get ugly. So I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. I've never seen anything like this. I play for great organizations. Um, look. My response is like, ah, I appreciate that, and you know the title's great, but I'm gonna just stick. I'm gonna just stick to my 110,000 that you gave me for being a development coach, mm-hmm. right? And I just get out at the end of this year if Jeff don't extend. Like, I don't want to be tied to another staff because at that point Hornets Act didn't have an extension. So I was like, yo, this is too. It's too much juggling. I just want to get out, and maybe I can find my way at UCLA somewhere <laughs> doing something. Like, you know what I mean? So it, we're close now and the gym is like, fuck that. This is the deal. You're not going to take it? Because no, I'm not going to take it because if I take it, now I'm tied to the future of this organization on your discretion. I'm going to just, I don't care if I make, if I'm the lowest pay front of the bench coach making 110000 this is where I'm going to be. And at the end of the year, I can walk away. You extend Jeff, and we have a clear picture of the staff moving forward, and you want to offer me that job? Cool. So we went back and forth for a couple of weeks, honestly cussing each other the fuck out. Mm-hmm. At this point, the agent can't get involved, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Because we already had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if you don't like it, quit. Well, I was like, well, if you don't like it, fire me. I'm not going to quit. Fire me, right? And it happens, happens. We're in the middle of a losing streak, and boom. Jeff gets fired. I'm thinking, yo, I can technically walk away, right? I get a phone call late at night or a text early in the morning, come in, we're interviewing all three assistant coaches to be interim. I call Jeff Hornacek, I'm like, hey, sorry about you getting fired. Uh, man, tough situation. Like, how are you, what are you gonna do? And they want me to come in for an interview. I'm asking, what do you think, mm-hmm. right? He's like, well, I can't stop you from doing that. Go for the interview and go try to get it. I hit R.C. Buford. I hit Scott Layden. What do you think? Well, just go do your best. I go into the interview. I get the job. And like, boom, I become an interim head coach. Right? I finish the season. I don't know what the hell is about to happen. I was told I would in the interview like two or three hours, I was told in an interview for the interim, you're not going to be our head coach. We want you to finish the season. You have two weeks to, to flip Markeith Morris for a lot for the best pick you can flip him for. He wasn't playing at that time. He then was disgruntled, right? And then we want to see what we have in our young players. What's your plan? I'm like, shit, we got practice in like two hours. Uh, <laughs> look, my plan is to make Markeith Sometimes with players that are disgruntled, disgruntled, the best thing to do with them is to make them the leader. Hey, you feel you know, you're the leader. Mm-hmm. You empower those players. That's why they're disgruntled, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You empower them. So he's going to be our number one option. I'm going to have him averaging 28 and 8. Easy. Devin Booker, I believe in his mindset. We're going to play out of him. He's going to shoot 20 times. Mm-hmm. I've seen it before. How, 
How you see it before? I played for Hubie Brown. <laughs> I had meetings with Coach Wooden. Mm-hmm. I played for Nate McMillan. I played for Jim O'Brien, Frank Vogel. I played for Nate McMillan, Dwayne Casey. I played for Jerry Sloan. And I started my coaching career in the G League and doing free agency pitches with R.C. Buford. And I've seen the transformation of Dame Lillard was Terry Stock. I'm, I'm cool. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, I reflect, I'm cool, I get it, you know, shit, it worked there, it's going to work here, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's that's kind of like what happened, and it happened so f- quick, man. So for me, it's like being a head coach, you got to know which jobs to take and which jobs not to take. And when you're young like me, you don't really know, because you're going to get fired for your record. No one cares about the narrative. Mm-hmm. They don't even remember the narrative. They just pull up your record. 33 is a game. He was last in transition defense. Why? Because we ain't got no shooters. <laughs> if you shoot a three, it's going to be a long rebound and it's going to be two, three on two action all day in transition. We ain't got no shooters. You're going to be last in transition defense. We ain't got no shooters. And after you, after the transition defense opened up, you just done, bro. You know, that's what I said. The <laughs> analytics don't tell you that, 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 that your, your experience does. And, you know, when people challenge what is his experience? He played. Yeah. He played the game. And you have examples of all these yeah, things. That's what I said. You, when you play this game, you understand it. Yeah, you might not know how to translate it to coaching, and that's going to take, you know, work. But that's his role. It's a better role. Like, oh, he's been coaching for 30 years. Oh, he, he has? Oh, okay. Hey, uh, if I was uh, playing, what time would you sub me out at? Yeah, you know, I'll sub you out at the, you know, probably if you're not in foul trouble, the three-minute mark, two and a half. Why? Here's the excuse, right? And I was like, well, <clears throat> when do we usually get in a penalty? Around four or five-minute mark, right? You take me out, the most aggressive player, out at that minute mark. And then you sub in someone who uses those pattern player. Those two minutes to get warm. Yeah. So while we have two minutes where the defense now can't jam, yeah. I drive, he can't contest, or I'm going to get an easy layup, or I'm going to get a foul, I'm shooting free throws. He picks me up full court, and I get a foul back there. I get to walk all the way, get free throws. You're taking all of that out of the game. You're going to put in someone cold, who's going to use that to fill the game out. He's not going to be aggressive. He's trying to get warm, and then he's going to start off the second period going hot. But I said, you would never know that because you never played. You just... That's interesting (laughs) because if I was the coach and I said that was my sub mark, I'd be like, yeah. Hey, GM, (laughs) when we draft or trade for someone who's going to back up Gil, they can't be a pass-first point guard. They got to be a combo guard so when we sub them in, I can keep Gil in longer Mm -hmm. and they can be effective, right? Because if you put Alonzo Ball with Gil, who is a pass-first point guard, who is dynamic, not taking anything from him, he just, your your blessings and your talent is your talent. Mm -hmm. Can't change it. And we play Gil longer, Alonzo is going to feel uncomfortable. And what I would do as a defender, if I was going Lonzo, I was like, yo, when Gil isolate, I'm going to trap. 
Lonzo gonna have to beat me with corner threes, and he ain't comfortable coming out shooting threes immediately. And if he does, I win because <laughs> he's gonna shoot them all game, and that ain't his skill set. You know what I mean? That ain't his strength. So you gotta you gotta structure the team around the player. You can't just take a player because you like a player. Mm-hmm. Does he fit? Does he fit? And that and that's and that's the whole thing. Who fits with our best player and players so they can all complement each other? And you gotta have these conversations because he's he's a player is never gonna have a coach where they do everything perfectly. You gotta have that conversation. I'll be like, oh shit, he's right. Hey, pull up that free agency board. Hey, who do you, who do you like for that situation yeah. on this board? Yeah. And he going to tell you because he's around him. He'll be like, yo, I played with him at UCLA, and he he's perfect. because, yeah. And I might not even know it, but I know he knows it. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start listening and building. And that's and that's what, you know, with me and Eddie, because, you know, when, when I had to break it down to Eddie, and I was like, why do you keep pulling me out? And I said, when, when a- Antonio Daniels get in, he's trying to get the feel. We're not getting these easy points. I could have had at least five more free throws. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, but I'm gonna put you back in the nine minute. I said, the nine minute mark. Yeah. I said, if you're gonna play him six minutes, put him the first six of the second. I said, play him first six. Put me in the six minute mark. I, and then and I was like, yo, I'll, I'll let me finish so I can eat, get hurry up and get this fucking foul trouble or something. Yeah. While they while the subs they're coming in cold, trying trying not to figure it out. I said, that's when you. That's when we headhunt. That's where you try to get a, a, a 6-0 run, a 5-0 run, get a couple big men in, in, in foul trouble. Those two minutes where they can't touch you. Yeah. Because that's when everyone subs, and that's when everyone's non-aggressive because the sub is coming in. Yeah. Then I said, and then at the end of the second, I mean, at the end of the, the, the beginning of the second, play AD for six straight minutes. Yeah. Shit, by the time I get back in, we might be back in the penalty. Shit. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's, why, that's why he was great at what he did, and that's why he would be a great coach because he understands I said, it's a thousand games within the game of basketball, and everyone cannot articulate that, or they don't understand how to how to make the defense shift. Mm-hmm. Like, it's basketball or, or triangles that constantly move. I call it abstract art. Mm-hmm. It's constantly changing, and once you understand the patterns, you can change it. Mm-hmm. You can manipulate it. He understands the manip- the manipulations of the patterns, and a lot of coaches who never played. They have to learn that through coaching, which they can, and it's, it takes longer. But for a player who played any position where you had to had the ball in your hands, you learn that naturally from coming up as a young player. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have passed. That defense <laughs> rotated. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Damn, I drove too deep. You know, there's no one to pass out I to. Caught, I turned it over. Caught in the air. Yeah, yeah you got yeah. caught in the air. You <laughs> learn that from messing up and watching film and being a gamer and being a, a junkie. And I think you look at coaches you mentioned, Bogle. And also Spolstra. Guys, obviously they didn't play in the league, but being a top player, being a player in the league, the challenge is, you know how, you know how these scenarios go, you've been through the warp, but it's organizing your message to get through to every player, but not you, just the stars. But you gotta, what makes a great coach for a coach who doesn't, who hasn't played a game, is adapting. To the stars. What you're talking about, abstract art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta adapt, like, you know, like Sprocer. He had all these guys. He's adapting or understanding. You know, he's willing to learn. Like, yeah, I'm the coach. <laughs> yeah, I'm a rookie coach, but I'm learning too. I'm learning from what you do, what you do. Cause I remember LeBron and them were, they, I think they started off the season eight and eight. Yep. Eight and eight. And we got in there like, yo, we about to steal one from these boys. Ah! Yeah. Right? And I was like, yeah, baby. We got the, I'm going to pick Bibby up. 
You know, he had the point. You know, LeBron, hey, listen, just keep LeBron in the corner because he don't got no foot speed. He's going, if you know, because he can't generate his offense from yeah. the corner, we good. We good with that. The only person we got to worry about is D-Wade D zippering up. Yep. We can win this one, right? Start the game off. Boom. Sticking my man. We in the corner. LeBron at the point. <laughs> Yo, I think they switched their offense. Yeah. Point, point. We Now, Mike Bibby's the two. They first win is against us. Yeah. Run 22 straight. Yeah. And I was like, ah, they got smart. They, they figured it out. out. They realized LeBron is point, not actual three. God damn it. That's we could have had him. <laughs> as, 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 as a player who's dominant, how many counters do you have to get, to get good shots? Mm -hmm. As a coach, how many ways can you counter the game? Right? You got to have unlimited ways of countering the game. Like, I remember that Miami year. And it was a conversation as D-Waste and LeBron got to claim the team, basically, right? This is, you got to claim it. We can't be sharing. It's your team. Mm -hmm. That means the ball is in your hands, which he just described. And things start to change and morph. And then that's when Spo, and I'm assuming being relatable and having relationships, whether they were bad and became good, or sometimes you got to just tell players the truth, whether they like it or not. So it was like, yo, you can have the ball, but you got to get a piece of the paint. Because that, that is what makes you unique. To be that size, get the ball in the paint, to get passes, layups, dunks, fouled, mm -hmm. is going to make us a better team. Now when D-Wade get an isolation, he can get anything he want. Now when the ball come back to you on a high pick and roll, you drive and you get anything you want, but we're not going to settle for jump shots, mm -hmm. right? And then you start to evolve and you start to grow. And you got to have personal relationships. You got to build that personal relationship. Because if we don't have a personal relationship and I'm his coach, he never feels comfortable having that conversation with me. Because then when, once he do that, he's labeled uncoachable. Yep. You know, and it's not really that. It's just like we didn't have a relationship <laughs> and I got in my emotions because he said something. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. now he's uncoachable. Like let me call all my coaching friends. <laughs> yeah. The same way players call other players. Like, yo, I hated playing for him. Yeah. Coaches call <laughs> other coaches. He's uncoachable. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens, man. It's just that barrier that happens. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the sad part is, and then you get the media and they run with it and you can just, you can see how a player plays and say, okay, they're going to clash. Yeah. Ah, it's not going to work. Like, be, be, because it's like, he's a lion that's a cat. Yeah. This lion and this cat, he's not going to like the way he, and he's not going to like the way he yells at him, so he's going to try to get him out of there. Yeah. You know, then so when, like, Jimmy Butler, like, you can just watch it, like, it's not the... There's something like them early Chicago years, that was a tough-minded team. He, that's why he didn't have any problems. When they go backwards and they want to rebuild, yeah, that rebuilding's irritating this lion because it's yeah. like, no, we, what are you doing? Here's, here, here's the thing on a rebuild <laughs> where players like Jimmy and veteran players, it, it frustrates them. In a rebuild, you, you are pushed by ownership and management to develop younger players and see if they got it. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of coaches do in that development is they don't hold them all the way responsible for fucking up, right? So I, I got this from Huey Brown in our rebuild and we started winning 50 immediately. You gotta hold them accountable. Mm 
It is no personal conversations. Whatever I said to Devin Booker, I'm going to tell him in front of the whole team, right? And if he doesn't like it and we go at it, we just got to go at it. And we can go to dinner later because we got that relationship. I would go at D-Book. I would go at Tuck, which a lot of coaches, I'm sure, are scared to go at Tuck. But we cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know you want to win. I know you want to hold everyone accountable. They're incapable because they're young. And we don't have that talent. But you got to say it a different way. And I learned that at UCLA. I will cuss out all my teammates. <laughs> and then it was shut down on me. I'm like, damn, I can't cuss out Jerome Moiso like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got to go give him a hug. He, he's just different. He ain't. I'm from the hood in KC. Like, I can't talk to him like that. You don't know what the hell I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Romeo, what's up, baby? Hey, uh, we coming to you. It's going to happen. I don't know. I don't want the ball anymore. <laughs> no, 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 Romeo. You like one of our top picks, baby. It happens, mm-hmm. right? I would go to Dan Gazerick, say something in, in, in his language, you know, something about party after, because I know he couldn't shoot free throws. So for every free throw, I'm like, hey, we're going to party after. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, yeah, he felt comfortable. Yeah, 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 and Baron, yeah. I could grab Baron and be like, the f- you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we grew up the same. We're comfortable. So you got to have those relationships. I remember I would, me and Book would get into it. Me and Tuck would get into it. And then we'll always fix it. And one time me and Tuck got into it and we cussed each other out. And, you know, I'm, I feel like I've grown as a professional, but I don't give a fuck about fist fighting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. So... Like, yo, look, this suit can come off quick. I don't even like suits, dog. I prefer Dickies and Cortezes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Dickie, Cortezes, and Jordans. Like, I don't even like suits and hoodies. So I coach in a hoodie and Jordans every day in practice. Just, I don't like suits. I can't dress like It's not me. Mm-hmm. I'm from, I'm the new wave. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And we, we, we squashed it and we was cool about it and we loved each other, but it happens. Me and Book the same way that he had called me and be like, hey, coach, uh, can I use your, uh, can I come get the I-8 for this event I got? Because he's only driving like a Mustang or something. <laughs> something like, you know, he didn't have the money yet. I was like, yo, you come get any car you want, bro. He's what is this floss to the, to the event. Just, if you wreck it, you, and when you extend, you owe me a Lambo. I'm just being honest with you. Like, you know, when you wreck it, I need a Lambo. He didn't wreck it, so I didn't get the Lambo. But we still have that relationship. You can't hold those grudges because in the moment of competition, some players mentally go to a different space that's not normal. That's why they can hit the big shots. They can make amazing plays and they play with so much passion. It's not a normal space. So you can't always expect as a teammate or a coach a normal response. You got to give players a space to be themselves. You know, you know and I think that's what the outside world don't understand about athletes. When they're like, oh, they was fighting in the locker room. They was doing this. Yeah, that's just, yeah. they're figuring it out. That's, yeah. that's their competition. Yeah. And I said that, they, like when I heard about, the, you know, the, um, was it um, Boston? Yeah. I was like, are they going to win the next game? Yeah. I said, all they're doing is just holding each other accountable right now. Yeah. This is not a coaching, uh, the coach can't dictate this one. This yeah. is the, the, the two players in there and they got to figure it out and then they're back friends and they can go play. Yeah. I said, We're, you're around each other so much. Your friendship is so tight that you can have those discussions, no matter if we like it or not. Like, you know, if I said I'm having a bad game, you tell me pass the ball, and I say get that shit off the glass, nigga. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that's the moment I'm in. Don't come to my don't don't come to my room and and and, and knock on the door and try to let's talk now so you yeah. can fight me. We're not doing that. Yeah. Okay, you won. 
Yeah. You won that fight, so we just you want to know. But right now on the court, yeah. get that shit off the glass. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I I said that to Brendan, yeah. but get that shit off the glass. I ain't giving you. Yeah. You missed three. Yeah. I got zero assists. I'm chucking. Watching the movie. Hello? Yo, GA, it's, it's B. Wood. Oh, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's up, man? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, We just got some things to talk about. Things? Like, like you mean like plays or something? They're like, nah, you know, uh, we just need to handle this and, you know, talk like men. So, yeah, yeah, just open the door. Hell, dog. <laughs> Man, you better get away from my door, bro. I'm calling security. I'm about to call security. You ain't about to come in here and whoop my ass, yeah. dude. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Nah. Hey, B-Wood, I'm sorry, brother, but you know how I get sometimes when I'm in the bad. I, I, had, I, was, I was in the slump. All right. Forgive me, brother. All right. I got, I got your five new passes tomorrow. Yeah. Now get away from my goddamn room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's how it is. But, you know, in the heat of the moment, just sometimes it happens. You know, but you know, once we go back to normal. See, see, I can't, I can't, I don't want to be around players who don't, who can't have sometimes those crazy ass conversations, right? Because I've never seen it work any other way. And I don't know how Tim was in San Antonio, but Papa was that person mm-hmm. who would have that crazy conversation where you feel like it's disrespectful, but it was for the good and the cause. I remember being in, Seattle, my first year GP was was the point guard. I was a rookie. I remember, I will never forget this. Playing at Detroit, I came in, my first shot was a three. We lost the game. That did not determine the loss of the fucking game, right? But as soon as we got in the shower, I was walking in and he was walking out. And he was like, he used to call me Rook or Baby Boy. He's like, look, Rook, next time we get in the game and you check in, don't shoot a motherfucking corner three. That can't be your first fucking shot. NBA played different back then. Mm-hmm. Dump it in the post, cut, and then if I pass it to you, you can shoot a corner three. That's not your first option. Your first option is me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, it's GP. Either I'm going to confront him or I'm going to learn. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, tell me anything else, bro. I got you. And it'd be times we get on the plane where GP would be like, nah, we don't deserve any food flying home. We play like shit. No one's eating. And some people are like, no, I'm going to eat. I'm like, damn, I hate losing too. No one eats. Mm-hmm. That's my mindset. Why should we eat? We didn't come and wasn't prepared. And it made, when you, when you get a pass as a role player from Gilbert Arenas or Gary Payton, that pass comes with a more accountability. That pass just feels completely different. When you get a pass from a player who isn't established and not an all-star, it's just a pass. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's no accountability. I know I can't fuck up his assists because I'm going to hear about it or I know it's a great pass and it's more, every, every play is more accountable for the next play. All right, Gil, let's take a break to talk about our friends at Orgain. You know, hoopers are constantly looking for the best clean nutrition to help them stay healthy, active, and feeling their best. When you play ball, you don't want to be weighed down or slow, but you want to be fueled to compete at your best. Well, we're happy to say we found it in Orgain. It's an absolute game changer. Thanks to Orgain, their sport plant-based powders help us get the most out of our workouts and feeling our best. The Orgain sport protein powder is a unique blend of organic ingredients to help build strength 
and optimize both performance and recovery. Mix it into a smoothie or shake for a quick on-the-go drink. If you need that extra spark to start your workout or you want to stay sharp throughout the day, reach for the Sport Energy Powder. It's packed with electrolytes and adaptogens for optimal performance no matter what you're doing. We all know how you recover is just as important as that workout. Orgain also has a sport recovery powder that maximizes restoration. It replenishes tired muscles with unique blend of plant-based organic ingredients, including adaptogenic mushrooms to help reduce inflammation. And at No Chill, we're not the only Orgain sport powder believer. Pro golfer and U.S. champ Bryson DeChambeau loves Orgain too. You know, if your workout routine is you want to be fueled up, you play ball, you get your shots up, you get your, your fives in, you get your run when you're done. What do you need to do? You need to recover. You're sore in your knees, ankles, hips, whatever it is. So get that adaptogenic mushroom powder that reduces inflammation in the sport recovery powder. So thanks to Orgain, we finally found the best clean products to help keep us healthy and maximize our performance. And right now, you can save 20% off your first order. Plus, when you subscribe, you can save even more. So for fans of the No Chill Podcast, we got something for you once again. Go to tryorgain.com slash no chill. That's tryorgain, T-R-Y-O-R-G-A-I-N.com slash no chill for 20% off your first order plus extra savings when you subscribe. Tryorgain.com slash no chill for that game changer in Orgain. And let's talk once again about our friends at Mint Mobile. Breaking up with your old wireless provider just got a whole lot easier thanks to Mint Mobile. They were the first company to sell premium wireless service online only. And now Mint Mobile is introducing their unlimited data plan for just 30 bucks a month. Let that sink in. An unlimited plan for 30 bucks. How much is your soon to be X wireless provider charging you? You know, what we did is exactly that. Take a look at your bill. See how much you're spending and then see what that savings means. So I did the math, found out Mint Mobile is a big break, made the switch. For people that hate their phone bill and are ready to cut ties with big wireless, Mint Mobile offers their premium unlimited plan for just 30 bucks a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. Break up with Big Wireless and switch to Mint Mobile's premium unlimited data plan for 30 bucks a month. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 30 bucks a month, and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash no chill. That's mintmobile.com slash no chill. Cut your unlimited wireless bill to 30 bucks a month. Just go there for yourself and see the difference. Mintmobile.com slash no chill. Uh, all right, Earl, man, we covered so much ground here. Um, but now it's your turn yeah. to get something out of Gil. Ask Agent Zero time. I, I think this is... I think a lot of people know your story, but I don't think you can tell it enough. Growing up in high school, the personal things you had to overcome, and I remember seeing you coming to the gym, going, I didn't know you was going through all that. Mm -hmm. 
right? A living situation, family situation. And when you went to college and when you got drafted, I don't think people understand you was never giving, given anything. When you went to Arizona, it was as if you was going to come and be a role player. Mm-hmm. You had to take a spot, earn a spot, and then still prove yourself in the league, in the pack, when every game in the pack was like high-level competition at the guard position. Mm-hmm. Then you get drafted in the second round, and you just said earlier you should have been, a, you feel like a top 10 pick, which we all know who played. But then you got to prove yourself again, because I remember you coming into the locker room in Seattle on a DMP, like, Still happy though, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like in a dicky suit. <laughs> Yo, he crazy as hell, but you still was happy. You still had like this ability to wear. It. I remember you told me that's when you really started. It was about the breaking. He was like, "Yo, I'm about to take this." Mm-hmm. What mindset can you give everyone who is, you know, like a not supposed to be their type mentality, but you have the talent and you don't get the recognition? Where did you go mentally? to be able to come, overcome one major obstacle after another to get to the point when you became elite, arguably the best point guard in your time in the league, to still say, the ed- how do you keep that edge just to keep going? You know, so there was a time where I did break down, yeah. where I, I, I thought I wasn't good enough, right? Because I was looking at the wrong thing. Mm. You know, I was looking at the wrong thing. I was looking at Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant. You know, I'm, I'm looking at all these stars, the abilities they had. Like T-Mac coming down the lane jumping. I'm like, I can't do none of that. Like, like and, and it's just like, I, I, so I, I'm watching my highlights. Right? You know, like when you watch something, you get inspired. Yeah. So I'm watching myself do things that I don't know. I can't explain it. Like you know, in college, I can't explain. Yo, I'm I'm doing this from. So I'm sitting there watching it. And it's like, what's the difference? They got two big men back there. They, I'm blown by him, trying to dunk on him, get to the free throw line. Ain't no difference out there. So I said, you know, maybe I'm approaching it wrong. Let me look at how I would score if I was out there. So now when I get to the game, I'm just watching. Now I'm watching for a purpose, not a game. Like yeah. the score didn't mean anything. I'm watching like, all right. I would, I would take, see, I could have took him right there. No one's there. Why he didn't take him right there? He's on the baseline waiting for the four or five pick. Well, the defense, he just blindly just went across. He's not even looking to see if his man got beat. Yeah. All right. Shit, I can beat him on the baseline on the four or five cross. You know, so I'm just yeah. sitting here, you know, studying it. And then, and then I was like, I need to get better. I need to get better. This is my time to get better. Yeah. Now I'm watching. All right, let me work on these. Okay, go. So now I'm working on trying to, you know, go off that move I'm, I'm working on. And then from there, just shot after shot. Shot after shot, just putting up 400, 500 on that, you know, on the, on the, on the shooting machine. Yeah. I'm reset, 999, reset, yeah. zero. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm sitting there just working and working and working and working. Then trying to, then when in practice, trying to apply it in practice. Yeah. Get some success. Okay, the NBA players, this is Mookie Baylock. Yeah. He's one of the top defenders. Just blew by him. Oh, yes. 
Larry Hughes, I remember the first time me and Larry Hughes played one-on-one, 27-3. Yeah. Beat the shit out of me. Yeah. 27-3. <clears throat> Cause I didn't process what was going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just out there playing. Yeah. You know, playing, but now I, I, I got a chance to slow everything down. So now when I seen success, I grabbed at it. Yeah. All right, one step, cool. Right, one step, one step. So by the time I get ready to play, I'm already all-star mode in my mind. Yeah. I'm already shit. I done had 10 against Mookie Baylock in practice. <laughs> you, you ain't Mookie Baylock. You ain't the, 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 the steals king. Because you got to remember, I'm coming down, and he used to get in yep. you. And then when you turn your back, he comes from behind. Yep. So because in practice, he didn't get it. Like, uh-uh, uh yes, sir. Yeah. So now I knew in, in a game, if I ever tried it, I don't have to worry about somebody who's not built like him. So I'm, I'm running my game simulation in practice. Yeah. So now I'm taking practice, like, for everything. Like, all right, you know, Jason Richardson, all right, he jumps like, you know, this person, this person. All right, let me see if I can. Ah, he blocked it. Okay, I need to get more space. Yeah. Pump, you know what? I'm a pump fake. Get the foul. That means next time he won't jump. Boom, pump fake, he jumps, boom. Second time, regular step back, got it, got it. So that means I can do that against this two-foot jumper, this two-foot jumper. And, and, and I'm just running this simulation off of practice. Okay, I got Eric Dan Pierce, shot blocker. What's the name? All right, let me see what I do if I just blindly jump. All right, he's coming. That's sweet. You know, and, yeah. I'm, and, and I'm sitting there after practice. I done scaled and evaluated. So I'm sitting there like, yeah, they got beat by 20, but I would have scored at least 10. Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's where my mind went. I'm yeah. watching a game like, I'd have got the bucket right there. And, oh, dang, last time I played Gary, when he did that, I got scared because I was thinking like, Junior high waking up, like, yeah. that's the GP stance. Yeah, yeah. That's the GP stance. Like, oh, she's yeah, getting there with the little smirk. I'm like, oh, he's the glove. Yeah. You know, last time that, that freaked me out. That's just, no, he don't, he don't move that way. Oh, he don't, he can't move like that. Yeah. Jason Kidd got, you know, his right arm is yeah. a little quick. So I can do the, you know, right to left crossover. It's, it's not my strong suit. But if I go left, he can't poke it because it's kind of bent. Yeah. He's, he's losing about three inches. Yeah. You know, I'm already running all this before I even step on the floor. So when I got there, it was like, I didn't already process this already. Yeah. This is just not a game. So what ended up happening is instead of sitting on the bench like, man, I don't even know why they didn't play me. No, I'm playing a game. I'm playing. Like, I'm out there playing. Like, yeah. I'm... Yeah, I, Got him. Got, yep, I got you. I probably missed that one. You know, I'm so I'm sitting there running the game as if I am playing. Yeah. And that's what kept me going. Like, you know, like, oh, I lost this one today. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like I went into a fantasy world. Yeah. You know, because it was like, I'm, I'm watching the game tape. I know I can do it. I'm practicing. I'm hitting the shots. I'm hitting the shots in practice. Yeah, I'm in a suit. Yeah. But let me let me play. Let me let me go out there. Ah, you gotta beat them, Larry. I would off the rebound. I would have just why why wet this set up? They're a great defense in the yeah. half court. Yeah. You are. It was it was basically a one on one on three. You could have got there. You could have got there. Just fake baseline, go middle. You know, and that's how I was running it. So, you know, I didn't look at it like I was a 15 player. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just simulating like I'm really playing. 
So when they finally called my name, like, cause that's what I said, I did. Yeah. The, there was a pick and roll. He passed, and I already told myself that was done. Take him. Yeah. So when coach said, "All right, let's go," I okay, I got this. Yeah. Now I got now I got to make it like real. Yeah. Cause I remember I, I did get a, a rude awakening when the first time I tried. I was like, "Yo, we down, we we down twenty five. Already ran it. Steve Kerr, slowest." <laughs> I said, Steve Kerr, slow it. Damon's not the same mighty mice. Look, at the end of the game, when I get in, and they're trying to pick that full court shit up, I'm just going to blow by him, right? And I'm just going to dunk on Boom Shea, Boom Shea. Yeah. Where? Right? And I was like, and, and, and uh, what's, uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Mill was like, man, he's going to toss that shit. Yeah. What? I'm going to go down the right side on the, on, the, on the little press, and I'm going to take off block. Watch, watch, watch. I, I already ran it. I already did it. I did it like three times already. He's all right. Three minutes left in the game. Rook, Rooks, all Rooks in. Watch. <laughs> Something happened. Steve Kerr on me. Pew! Yeah. Oh, And... I didn't think I, 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 in my simulation, I got a 44. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, watching everybody jump, I, I felt that's how I jumped. Yeah. When in reality, I didn't jump like that. Yeah. So I took off, and I don't even think he jumped. And he just, like, just caught it. Just, bah, yeah. boom. Was timeout? <laughs> Chris was like, welcome to the NBA, Rook. Yeah. Nah, I think I took off too far. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just one of those things. And then from there, it was just processing, watching film. And I just watched film. I'm like, everybody, everybody is unstoppable if you don't know them. Yep. You know what I mean? Everyone's unstoppable if you don't know them. So while I was young, you know, in trying to get into that circuit, understanding, like, you know, like, because I'm not giving it, I got to learn it. Yeah. You know, like, I was, before I even became good, I used to watch Baron Davis. Yeah. I was watching Baron Davis when he was five, six. Yeah. It was, it was him and Kenny Bruner. Yep. When Kenny Bruner was better. Yep. And I'm sitting there watching. And my dad was, you know, these are the two. Yo, what? Like, I'm not even good. Why do I count? I don't even play basketball like that. Like, yeah. I don't want to watch them. I don't want to care, bro. I want to go play with my friends. Yeah. And I'm sitting there watching. And then I remember, like, I think BD's kind of better this year because he looked like he got taller. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, 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 I, and I'm sitting there watching, just watching. And that's where, you know, sitting on my dad's team, being being a coach. Yeah. Wasn't good enough to play. Just yeah. watching. And I don't think he, he has it today, Dad. Nah, he got some shit on his mind. Something out. You know, yeah. just you know, and just watching. So when I when I got there, and I'm 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 depressed in in re and when 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 it's not game mode, I'm depressed. Yeah, I don't know nobody. I'm not playing. I'm not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's basically practice and sitting, practice and sitting. So that's where I had to visually create my own basketball season. Yeah, you know what I mean. And 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 that's what I encourage all players to do because you got to remember, you can run down the rabbit hole if you want. You know, you run down that rabbit hole, it's just like missing a shot. Yep. Miss a shot, miss a shot. You get down on yourself, 
Well, if that negativity is on them three shots, you're going to miss the next three. Yep. You know, so if you're on the bench, you sitting there angry, mad. None of that's going to get you in the game. No. None of, none of that's going to get you in the game. So you need to trick yourself and change it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, uh, you got to change it. I think you learn to create realities from your adolescent situations. Mm-hmm. And that became a gift in sport. And he said a couple of things that are big. Coach Winnie had a saying, is like failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Right? D-Book was in that same situation. He wasn't playing. I was a development coach. We would practice before, practice, and meet after. Right? And then we would go to ASU gym and do it again late at night. And he was pissed. And I was like, yo, if you are pissed when you get your opportunity, you are going to fail. Your mindset can't be there. Practices become games. You got to stay creative and still believe and practice and mimic the game in your workouts. A lot of players just work out and a lot of players visualize and mimic the game in their workout. And that's where they excel. But his mindset is, is how he excelled. Like a lot of players right there would not have done that. They would have just quit on it and be like, fuck it. What's so funny is and people ask me like, yo, how did you get the start spot? Like, Yo, did you get there, you know, like beating somebody out? And I was like, no. I was like, Larry Hughes got hurt. I said, Mookie Bailey got kicked off the team. Larry Hughes hurt his ankle in game 41. Bobby Sur rejected the starting position because he liked coming off the bench. They, and they gave me the position. And it was like, but how did you keep it? I said, because we, but when he gave it to me, in my mind, I was already balling. Yeah. I said, you know, I, 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 I stopped. Look, I, I remember this is a, we're playing the Timberwolves. We're playing the Timberwolves. And I just, we just finished playing um, Atlanta. So we were down like 20-something in the fourth quarter when I got in. And we tied the game. Four, 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 four rookies. And Donald Foy, we tied the game. And I remember uh, they all their starters came back in, and our coach was like, no. You didn't do nothing to deserve this. Yeah. And then he told us, listen, y'all already won this game. Y'all already won. Just go out there and just finish it. Yeah. Whatever happens, you won. You're going to get a standing ovation to what you did today. You know? I'm like, all right. Jason Terry came back in and hit the shot. Yeah. Right? So we're playing Minnesota. And... End of the third quarter. It was the end of the third quarter. And, <laughs> and like, I'm really, like, I'm really into the game. Like, damn, man, it's, uh, he don't move like he needs to move. I can, I can, that's easy, you know. KD, you know, KGs, this, that. I can get buckets. I can get buckets. This is easy bucket game. Right? Yeah. And then um, ended, uh, it was like, uh, it was two minutes into the third, um, two minutes left in the, in the third. Coach was like, all right, Rook. Get in. Second round rook. Oh. <laughs> Second round rook. That's me. That's me. Because, <laughs> you know, we ain't, got a, we yeah. ain't got our names yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, second round rook. All right, so he, put, he puts me in. He was like, uh, just, you know, handle the game. You know, we got two minutes, you know, just, you know, play out there, play smart. All right, yeah, I got this. Yeah. yeah. You can't guard me. I already done scored on you a couple of times. I go on an 8-0 run. Yeah. I scored eight straight tight. We were down eight, tied yeah. the game up. 
And then I was like, oh, that's money, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> money, I told you, he's weak, bro. And, and then just from there, it's like the confidence came because I was just processing it. And that's what I tell people. I was like, when my number was called, I was beyond ready. And I said, you know, we don't ever know when we're going to get called. But one thing I know for sure, it's going to happen. Yeah. But when it happens, if you ain't ready, you're probably never going to get that call again. So you need to prepare yeah. every day, every moment, like you're going to get called. Because when he do call you out of frustration, you don't know if it's five seconds, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, let's go. Be ready. And I said, because if you're not, you might not ever see that floor again. Like I was watching none, like it was a done last night. Yeah. Had 15 quick ones. Yeah. Mentally ready still. Yeah. Because you know, I've 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 seen it. I've been there. I've like, man, man, they ain't messing with me, man. And then go out there and turning the ball over, getting blocked. And yeah. He mentally wasn't there no more. So yeah. it's like you just gotta always stay sharp, no matter what. And that's big. That that right there is the most powerful thing in sports and life, period. And I think that's exactly where we can wrap this up and bring it full circle is, I'm going to just say this after today, players make the best coaches. And not just because if you were a great player, you're going to be a great coach. It's the idea that you can be adaptable, right? You can use the experience that you had to develop a message and translate to the next wave of players. Uh, and then also accept their feedback because then you adapt as a coach. That's really where I think coaching is going. That's the future of it. We got two guys right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well. You know, I need, I'm learning, you know, I'm learning. I'm, you know, it's like, you know, we don't never, you know, I never thought of myself as a coach. It was just a player. And then I just listened to the coach and do what he says and then add my little flavor. And I was telling somebody, I said, man, <clears throat> when Book hit the 72, I said, that's a, that's a player's coach. That's a coach you want to play for. And I said, and the reason is, if I don't know anything else about it, he could have took the man out at any time he wanted to. I got to tell that story, bro. But, I, I got to touch okay. on that story, bro, because <laughs> no one's ever really asked me about that story. Um, it was after All-Star break in a couple of weeks before we had just beat the Celtics at the buzzer mm -hmm. at home. Um, roster was limited because they wanted to, you know, position themselves for a good pick. It's business at that point when you're losing. Mm -hmm. Tyler Ulysses, we pick up full, Celtics throw it in in Phoenix weeks before. Tyler gets it, hits a three at the buzzer, I, I lose it. I'm like, I'm so, I don't, I, I, and I don't know if I would ever get to this as a coach. <laughs> I don't know how to compete in anything and still be cool with you. Coaches got this thing where they like wave at each other, and like they're cool. I'm like, that's why I love Jerry Sloan. We had a thing in Utah, no fraternizing. I don't give a fuck if you grew up together. If you speak to him, you're not playing. Mm -hmm. That was Jerry Sloan thing. So I, I love that. That's me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we hit it. I celebrate. I forget the wave at Brad Stevens, and I think it kind of pissed them off, right? So now we're going into Boston a couple of weeks from now. And I literally got like seven or eight players available. And I'm coming off the bench with G League guys. Barbosa's our leading scorer off the bench. At that point, he just 
You know, <laughs> I had to depend on like the old vet. Like <laughs> he, you can't, that's not who you want to depend on going into Boston, coming off the bench, right? And all we have is D book. And you know, our, our roster's limited. We brought some G League guys. And I'm like, damn, they about to smack us. It's get back. Uh-huh. It's like beating somebody up, and then you got to go through their hood by yourself and a couple, <laughs> by you know, and you jumped them with ten deep. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> now you're going in with three, and it's like, damn, we're gonna lose today, but we're gonna fight. Uh-huh. So, my plan was not to even play book, you know, that many times. Um, a a year and a day to that date, we're playing the Lakers, Kobe, and Cole. Book was so excited to play Cole. Cole wasn't playing. He was he was playing the last road games of every team. Mm-hmm. Like he was limiting the Staples game to play on the road, right, for his exit. And Book is like, hey, you think Cole's going to play today? He's going to play today. He's like, man, I couldn't sleep last night. Mm-hmm. Book loves Cole. I said, look, after the game, I'm going to connect you because he can give you knowledge I can't give you. So I'm going to hit Cole after the game and put you two in a room and just take his number because a lot of young players don't do that. Mm-hmm. Take his number and, and call him nonstop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you, got, you got some, The players that do it if you contact them that way. So after the game, we win. Kobe's going off. This I will never forget this. Kobe's going off in the fourth, and they're coming back. And I knew I had to win this game because, you know, our, this, the Phoenix situation is very unique. Mm-hmm. You lose the wrong game, you're going to get fired right there, right? <laughs> In the, in, in the office. So, Book catches a cramp in his calf muscle. Uh, a Cole might have been at the free throw line. I'm on the sideline. It's intense last three minutes. I go, he goes, yo, E, like, my leg is cramping up. Like, he's in pain. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. Like, he come out the game. We don't have a chance. <laughs> I'm like, are you saying you want to come out? And this one, I knew the kid was special. He looked at me. He said, no, this is my shit. Bucket, 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 bucket. <laughs> Close the game out. Go get Cole, Cole, Cole a hug after the game. Like, hey, yo, you know, congratulate. Everything seeing his work at UCLA in the summer to now is, is amazing. Everything he's did is rest in peace, Cole. And I was like, but I'm going to send D-Book down there because he loves you, bro. Like, if you can mentor him, that'd be great. For me, he's like, yeah, send him. Send D-Book down there after the game. He signs some Kobe's that say be legendary. Mm-hmm. A year passed the next day. We down seven, eight players. We in Boston. They about there like on their run, getting ready for the playoffs, just cooking people. Before the game, I look at Book. You can tell he's frustrated. He's tired. And he's worn out and he's on this, he doesn't understand the business of basketball yet and why people aren't available to play. Mm-hmm. So I go, hey, bro, little bro, be legendary. He's like, yeah, I got you. Mm-hmm. We get in the floor of the game. They're kicking our ass, right? And, and I, I've never, I've always been a sore loser. I, I will never accept losing. Fat, I'm tearing everything up, right? <laughs> so they're killing us. We're going into halftime and the ball goes side out and Brad Stevens calls a timeout. And I picked up a lot of things from Brad Stevens as coaching against him. One thing I picked up against him is he knew he knows every team's play calls. And as you call the play, he describes the action for his defense. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, damn, that's brilliant. I'm gonna steal that, mm-hmm. right? Because you steal like players, right? So he put me in that mindset. He calls a timeout, and I go, what would I do with two or three seconds left, side out? I'm gonna throw a lob. Mm-hmm. Side OB, mm-hmm. side out of bounds. I bring the team in, I was like, okay, but they're already up like 15, 20. Oh, it's a street fight. Mm-hmm. Right? Just being in the mindset, you're gonna throw a lob up 15 plus, it's a, it's a, it's a direct. <laughs> you mm-hmm. right we competing i love it i love the the edgy competition call my team over and hey, they're gonna throw a lob be ready for the lob they throw the lob we deflect it we go into halftime i'm thinking yo with all this losing no opportunity to win i'm gonna catch all the heat it's gonna be me no one cares about who's available but during this process Devin booker about to be a fucking superstar Okay, cool. I'm calling a timeout and I'm creating offense within the game. I can create plays within the game that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the same set, sometimes I create a whole new set. Mm-hmm. I'm about to put my pin game to work, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We about to get him going, so we rolling, boom, boom. I mean, we not close, but we close enough that anything can happen. Boom, boom, boom. Boston fans start cheering. It's like probably five minutes less in the fourth quarter. They call timeout. We call timeout. Fans are going crazy. I asked my assistant at that time, Nate Bjorken, who's now the assistant for Toronto, why are they cheering? He goes, Coach, Book has 64. I said, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> this side, this out of bounds play about to be for him. <laughs> so I go in and I knew this was going to change his life. If I can build that confidence mm-hmm. in him as a youngster, 19 years old, he would feel ineffable. He would feel like no one is able to touch him ever offensively. So I go in a huddle, and I, and, I, and I know how they defense. I know the patterns of Boston's defense. I know they're going to switch guard on guard. I know they're going to follow Book over the top of every pick because mm-hmm. he can shoot. So I just created a simple offense with counters, with three quick counters. We never ran this play before, but here, this is what it is. It's simple. Boom, 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 boom. Back door. Boom, 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 boom. Come back, pin down again off, off the loop come back and pin down three. We getting into it. So, end of the third quarter, backing it up. I was gonna pull book and just sit him. Like, we just take this 30 point blowout. Mm-hmm. But he had hit a shot and Marcus Smart walked up under him and book took it personal. Walking back to the, the beginning of the full court, he's like, don't take me out. I was like, well, let's go. <laughs> so, I get him to 70. Brad Stevens, me, Brad Stevens, and their bench cussing each other out. Literally cussing each other. We f- you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can, don't get it twisted. You ain't gonna say f- me and I'm gonna sit down and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. F- about this? F- you. Mm-hmm. GP was my, was my vet. F- you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, confrontation is easy. We're going back and forth. So we get them to 70. And then, you know, it's like probably like 15 seconds, 20 seconds left in the game. But Defensively, who else you think was going to shoot it? Mm-hmm. Barbosa or the G League players? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's going to go to book every time. But I knew that 70, I was going to catch heat from the coaching fraternity. But I knew it didn't matter to me because my peers are not coaching yet. Mm-hmm. Those were those not my peers. I respect it, but my peers are not them. But I knew as a former player what this would do for book's confidence moving forward. And I think that was a great momentum to moving forward, even though we all wanted to win, we just wasn't capable. Yeah, and, and that's what I took out of it. I was like, man, like for a coach not to pull him and say, make your stance here. Yeah. 
You got one of the best defensive teams here, yeah. and you scored 70. Marcus Smart, one of the best yeah. defenders. So I said, this is bigger than that game. This is the rest. This is Once he did that, there's no man, there's no team that's going to stop his ability. Here. No, his mindset took off. You know, his mindset, you, you, it goes. And I said, that's what some coaches sometimes don't understand, is that sometimes you have to let it go. You have to. If there's a record there, and there, it's, it's pointless up there, sometimes you just got to say, I'm going to take the chance. You, go. Yeah, Dude, and, and, just go. I'm giving they, you five more minutes. Go. And as a coach, you got to be able to create counters within the game because everyone knows each other's offense. If you can't draw it out and create and your mind can't think in patterns and new offenses and, you know, actions they haven't seen yet, you're not going to get 70. Book wasn't giving 70 like, here you go, isolate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here you go, one-on-one player. It was like through actions of 70 and through transitional flow. So you got to create the ATOs, create the offense, create counters, and just you got to constantly create different looks to get it. And he, then he, then he yeah, got cause it. I remember, I remember when I had, I had, um, was playing New York Knicks. Was playing New York Knicks. And I got 46 at the end of the third. Crowd chin, 81, 81. Yeah. I'm like, you about to, about to, yeah. And uh, coach is like, uh, we're, up, we're up like 25. And then, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. it's like, uh, AD, do, do, do. Oh, come on, dog. Oh, I hate when he be doing this, right? Nine minutes going. Time out, like, yeah, boy, I'm about to finish. <laughs> and hey, y'all ain't getting the ball right quick. Let me just try to get a little quick. <laughs> <laughs> then nothing. No sub. Six minute mark. No sub. So I'm just like, I'm off this man. I'm off. I'm off. I, now I'm off him. Come on. Yeah, he ain't gonna do that. Like I could have had 50 today. I haven't had 50 before. Yeah. Like that's like the running joke that I can't I can't score 50. Like, all right. We're going to the locker room. Like, man, I don't even want to take no shower. Yeah. Right? He come in, right? Give his little speech. No, I'm, I'm not even. <laughs> Walked to me and said, <clears throat> the reason I didn't put you back in, because you had broke uh, Larry Bird's record, the most points in 30 seconds or, or 30 minutes and uh, under. Say what? <laughs> it said, uh, yeah, you had broke Larry Bird's record, the most points under 30 minutes. If you played one, if you played more minutes, yeah. you wouldn't have that record. Yeah. 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 Record holder. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Hey, where we going tonight, boy? Yeah. Yeah. Good, 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 good win. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but I wouldn't have known, like, you know what I mean? I'm, you know, but he knew that. And that was like the, and that's like, yo, I, I, whatever, whatever he say is, 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 is best for us then. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's just, because I had a coach that understood stuff like that, how yeah. like that would inspire someone who's trying to. Yeah. And it was just crazy because after that, when he subbed me, I trusted I, him. I trusted him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because before that, we was, you know, we 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 still like, come on, man. He's... Yeah. Why? Man, that, come on, he got 10 points already. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And, and and after that, it was trust. It was, yeah. there was, there was. Whatever Eddie Jordan said after that, it was cool. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, hey, you gotta pass the ball a little bit more. Got it, I got it, I got yeah. it. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, it's 
I mean, I, I might be trying to pass, you know, breaking the shit record or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So it was like, you know, when you when you have a coach like that, man, it, it is special. You can. That's why when I seen it, I was like, all right, that's that's they got a good they got a good thing going over. Yeah, coach. You know, other coaches hate me for that, but I'm not here to make any other coach on another team feel comfortable or be liked. I don't give a fuck about being liked. You know what I'm saying? For me, it's all about how can I get the best out of my group. And I've had my chance to play, and how can I give him the opportunities that I can only dream about? Mm -hmm. And he's capable of doing it, and I think he took it and ran with it. Yeah. He for sure did. Yeah. yeah. He for sure did. And I like that. But, but that's what I'm saying. But as players, like, and you said it right, you guys are not my peers. Yeah. Like, my peers seen what I did. They yeah. seen how I instilled. So when one of them get a job and have the power, I know who they're going to come at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, y'all might not like because y'all got embarrassed, but that's not yeah. my problem. Yeah. You know, at some point, us players is getting in. Yeah. <laughs> we getting in and we're gonna show, we gonna show a new style of playing, a new style of thinking. Yeah. And that's gonna be the new wave where the players are coming back and they're gonna hey, the front office all we're, we're gonna smart, we're gonna treat you like Google. Everyone's gonna be brilliant. Yeah. We're not gonna have somebody who sitting up at the top, don't know nothing, just paper pushing. Yeah. Now nah, we can't afford him because we no, nah, nah, that's not. It's not, that's not it. That's not how it works. If, if you got a relationship, <laughs> you can afford anyone. Yeah. Because players, culture and players can move the needle for less. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, I, and that's just the truth. You can, you can move the needle for a personal relationship. Players don't mind giving up money to be happy mm -hmm. if they know they would a group that they trust and they have a personal relationship with to move forward and they can come and talk to about anything. And, that, and, I, and I think that's where players transitioning into coaching, that's where they have the leverage. Coaches who've always been coaches, they have the leverage with understanding the technology, how to create a scouting report, how to create intel and game information. And, but that, a player can learn that. Mm -hmm. But they need more opportunities to learn. And that's why, you know, players are getting knocked because he's, he's right. I get knocked a lot for not being a coach long enough. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my bad. I should have just not played 13 years. <laughs> and said, now, you know what? I want to be a coach in my 30s and 40s, so I'm going to stop playing around 28 mm -hmm. and start coaching. No, I was, I'm like in, this is interesting. When you coach, you look from the sideline. In practice, I like to walk around because as a point guard, you walk around, you're moving. Yep. It's very difficult to coach from the sideline because you're used to seeing different angles on the court. Yep. So you got to be very conscious and mindful of that, and that's why I walk around in the game, mm -hmm. right? We, we're about to play OKC, and we send the Russ left. Everybody weak, weak him, right? High pick and roll, weak him to his left hand. Their big was in the right dunker, Stephen Adams. So what Russ was doing, he was going left, pulling up. He was going left to the rim, dunking and attacking the rim, or he was going strong left just to dump it off. Mm -hmm. I said, well, we about to play chess. We're going to send the most athletic, dynamic point guard in the NBA today right. And coach was like, hold up, hold up. We cannot send <laughs> Russell Westbrook right when assistant was like, yeah, we can. He's like, he'll get to the rim. I was like, no, he won't. Steven Adams is on the right dunker. <laughs> yeah. It's nowhere to go. Send him right, send him right, send him right. And he was shooting analytically like 36 from the right elbow. Mm -hmm. Send him right. And that's when you play, you start to like turn it and move it and you see, and we won. We won, right? And they never figured it out. And, then I didn't, and if they would have figured it out, 
Shit, send him left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send him to the dunker. Yep. Like, just simple adjustments, and you start to learn. And I had to think that way because I had to get in the game. I wasn't going to outscore him or GP, but if I could defensively make a game transitional with stops, it I'm worthy. You know what's so funny? I, I remember, <laughs> Dane, I remember when I was, when we were playing, um, we was playing, we was playing Kobe and T-Mac. We was playing Kobe, and I was like, just push them right. And I was like, nah, they're going to get to the bats. They're too athletic. But that's all they're going to do. I said, I said, who came up with the idea of push to the weak hand? The weak hand is the most gifted part of their game. Like, Especially T-Mac. Yeah, I, like I, I got all my moves, my hezzies, my yeah. step backs. I, I can, I, I'm, it's hard to step back this way yeah. and then I got to turn back and face. So when I go right, I'm forced to go all the way. When I go, and then I said, and then it's hard to pull up on a runner going right because if I'm going right, I gotta grab it with this hand. Yep. He's on that side, he's gonna pop Swap. it. When I'm on the left, I can, I can just yep. bring it here. So I said, I think you're getting this, this wrong. I, I think you should put push the strong right-handers right because they only are one-dimensional. They don't have their pull-up, they don't have a step back, they don't like they're gonna have to actually work on that. But going left, they've been pushed left their whole life. Yeah. And they've developed 95% of their skill going this way. So when you say it, I'm like, that, um, that's going to work because he, he can only get to the basket. Well, that's all he can do. You don't have to worry about him pulling up that, like that. You don't have to, like, like with James Harden, just push him left. Yeah. He gonna go to, he, he's going to go. He's going to keep going because he can't do his runner that way. Yeah. He's going to just keep going. Chris, Chris Paul. The great players are going to figure it out. The thing that Chris Paul, everybody wants to push him left. High pick and roll. So you push him left, he'll stop, he'll hold you, then he'll snake back and come right. Mm -hmm. Now your defense is fucked up. <laughs> He's going to get back right no matter what. Just keep him right. Mm -hmm. Now we, at least we know what the hell is about to happen. <laughs> He's still talented. He's going to score. He's going to get his assist. But we just took away the whole right side of the court. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be weak side action. Sam Cassell. Minnesota, we iced blue, sent every pick and roll baseline. Well, Sam would bring the ball up the left side of the court, take the ice, get the step up, and he was great stepping back going left. Mm -hmm. Or he'd get you down there and he was great on the post in the left block. I tell Hubie, I say, yo, I can't send him left. You putting me into <laughs> his traps. Let me send him over the top, even though analytically we're not supposed to. But let KG pop out and let KG be the main playmaker mm -hmm. from the dunker. We just go boxes and elbows. KG's going to pivot and shoot. He's not going to drive it every time. If he is, he's driving the score. Mm -hmm. But you put Sam Cassell down there and he get going, he's going to close the game from down there. Yep. Keep him out of there. Yep. Like, but those simple things is that you know it from playing it. That's what I said. It's, it just... It just it's crazy that we're talking about it because we're, we're, we're seeing the same and then you're watching a game, you're like, how do you guys not know this? Like, what, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, how do you not see it? And it's like, oh, you, because you never played. Yeah, what did it all just say? You know yeah. it from playing it. You know it from playing it. You, like, you know the habits. And that's why I always preach the best coaches had to have played. You have to play at some point to at least 
understand it from the court side of it. You know, you got to understand the speed, the game, the two for one, what they're looking for. Okay, coach said, all right, no threes. They're yelling no threes. That means this guy is jumpy. That means if I pump fake, he's going to jump. You know, hey, ref, ref, uh, Earl's going to jump on it, watch for the contact. All right? Okay, cool. Yeah, Earl, I'm about to hit this. Yeah, I'm about to hit the three on you. Yeah. Oh, three. Yep. Players hear everything. Yeah. So because because <laughs> players hear that, I had a code word for no threes. Mm-hmm. Right? Because in my interim, I couldn't put in a whole language. I couldn't. It was mm-hmm. too late. So I had to say, hey, close out no threes. Mm-hmm. Corner man open. Players hear that shit and throw it right to the corner. Yep. <laughs> like, damn, I can't say that. I'm learning as a coach. Yep. And then if I don't say it, they still gonna hit it, throw it right to them. I'm like, damn. Mm-hmm. Hey, we need a code word for no threes. Mm-hmm. So players won't hear, because I'm listening to everything, I'm seeing everything, and I'm picking up on a manipulation. I would look at the coach to see what he's gonna tell the player. Yep. Uh, what, what play you call? I know that play. Hey, uh, it's gonna be like a zipper rub, high pick and roll, Manu Ginobili. Yep. <laughs> Coming down, zipper rub, one up rub, a Spurs, yep. right? High pick and roll, Manu. Okay, okay, okay. I just call it out. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with coaching. And that's, that's why it's, 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 but that's why you, you, you can see like what makes, you know, it's just the, the coaching is the, the easier part for us because we done did all this. We just have to understand the logistics. Yeah. You know, the logistics of this yeah. up here. Yeah. You know what I mean? If there was none of this, oh, we good. Yeah, <laughs> you know we good. We, you know we can handle this part of the game. This because we can see things that the young the the, the young generation can't right now. Yeah, and we got to tell you guys, oh, he's gonna fake that pass. Uh, no, that's it's a, that's a decoy. He, he he don't even like it like that. He's gonna decoy it coming from somebody over there. Like so, hey, don't jump, don't double that. You know he's he wants you to double so they can pass it. Yeah, you know we can see that coming from a mile away. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, 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 it's just getting that opportunity that you have stability. Yeah, you need an opportunity and you have to learn to have the relationship. So we talked about teams that couldn't shoot threes. For say a team, say me, I'm coaching the team and we're in transition, we're worse in transition D and we're giving up 20 points a game in transition. I'm gonna go to my analytics guy and my video, video guy and, said, and say, what's happening before they get out in transition? Mm-hmm. Coach, they get out of transition because we shoot too, we we miss a lot of threes. Okay, how many we're missing? We're missing 14, we're missing 14 to 17 a game, 14 to 15 a game, 16 a game. And how many points are they scoring mm-hmm. in transition from no missed threes? Like 14. Damn. We gotta limit our threes. Because yeah, that changed that changed. You gotta remember, if we lose them by seven. Seven. This right here is why. So you got to dig it up. And as a former player, you got to have those analytical conversations. But as a former player, you don't always depend on them because you overcame analytical odds anyway to get into this situation. Like, so it's just how do you create that relationship? How do you look at the analytics the right way? The right way. The right way that, that, that actually tells a story what you're trying to accomplish versus just our analytics say this, go. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's analytics versus reality. Because if yeah. you just follow the analytics, then why even? Because they got to remember the an, analytics are screwed. So yeah, analytics is good, but you got to remember 
they're manipulated to make it look a certain way. So you, you know, if you're going to use analytics as a coach, use it in a way where it actually tells you the truth yeah. of what's going on. And like, sometimes the, the equations aren't right. Mm -mm. You know, so like out of analytic come to me that Eric Bledsoe was, you know, limited or bad efficiency catching at the elbow. Shit, we ain't got no play for him to catch at the elbow. <laughs> you know, what is this from? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because the cameras pick it up and they intel it and they equate it. Well, that camera's wrong. The mm -hmm. equation for that is wrong. Like, was it when he drive to the elbow? Was it when he dribbled through the elbow? Was it when he pulled up at the elbow? We don't know. So now we got to, and if one analytic is wrong for me, I'm questioning everything because I'm not doing the math. Then I could do the math and say, yo, this, these numbers don't add. You know? yeah. I remember they, um, did you ever, were, were, were you still in? Yeah, you were still in. They were doing like um, body heart monitor. Yeah, yeah. Right? I remember, <clears throat> I remember Washington and a group came in and they said, like, oh, we want to put these things on you. You know, we can see, you know, your energy level, you know, you know, injury, like if, you, if you're, you know, what's your risk of getting injured, blah, 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 right? Like, all right, put it on. And then they gave me the results. And the results was like, all right, uh, no, you don't have any energy today. Um, really dehydrated, you know, your performance level is almost like at a 10%. So, you know, you, you, you're you gonna struggle today. Yeah. That's what this paper says? Does this paper say the, the person over there can't play no defense? <laughs> he, don't, he, like, he cannot play no defense whatsoever, and, and I'm going to score like 40 of them? This paper don't say that right here. Yeah. Because if this paper is spitting out this, and he don't play no defense, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. Went out there, gave him 40. Yeah. Never looked at them again. Man, get that damn, you dumb. That's dumb. That is, how, I know what I'm spitting out. Okay, 10%. He don't play no defense. Trust me, I'm going to get excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what y'all talking about, but he don't play no defense yeah. at all. I'm getting 40 tonight on him. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's weird. It's like, you're taking away, it's like, it seems like it's taking away just the natural part of the game. Because it can't measure heart, determination, when someone gets mad, yeah. when someone's afraid of another player, like, yeah, your, your numbers might be running like, oh, yeah, you're about to do this, but he might be scared of him because yeah. he did something in the summer that frightened him. So you might lose this player here. You know what I mean? This player might, yeah, he averages two, but against him, yeah. he averages 15. Yeah. Might want to play him a little bit more. Yeah. Like, only ex the, the, the analytics don't say that. Your experience does. Yeah, your experience, yeah. It's a great movie about that, the pilot that landed on the Hudson, right? Sully. Yeah, so they, they put him on trial for the analytics of the landing. Wait, no, is that Flight, Denzel? It was, it was Sully, right? They, oh. put him, they put him on trial, and he was like, they was bringing up analytics, and he was like, well, analytics don't measure are the human reactions and responses to each individual person. So it's good, and it's also gray, and it's also can be effective, and also, oh, that's bullshit. You know, so you got to have that that perfect equation of information. I don't think it exists yet. Ways to go. Man, um, yeah, <laughs> covered a lot of ground. Yeah, and the, the thing that I love most of all is you know from playing. Like that, that's as simple, simple as, it, as it gets. And also 
I think we have a coaching staff right here on this couch. You, you two, not me. If I, yeah. got, if I ever got a job, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You the head coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assistant. Yeah, with Ace and Earl. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I know that's all already, but yeah. how do we? <laughs> you know that's I mean? it. That's all it's got to be. You know, and, that, and, that, and, that's, and that's where, you know, like minds come in at, where you get to pick people's brains because, you know, one day you might get put in a situation yeah. and you don't want to be granted a staff. Like, hold, wait, hold on. Yeah. I got I got some people. Yeah. Like I got some people I trust. I got some people that's smarter than me at this. Like I I don't I'm never gonna say, all right, let me pick my own crew and there's a bunch of dummies. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I need you more intelligent than me. I need you to see better than me. I need you know, so when I look, you be like, Yeah, I got it. That's important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if if you gotta remember, because if I'm getting fired, that means my information's wrong. Yeah. No matter if they take my my information's wrong. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, so I want to put, hey, the information is great. We all doing great. We all get raises. Yeah. You know, if, you know, if, if I lose and they, they, congratulations. You know what I mean? Don't fall where I feel. You know, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those. I think sometimes when you get a coaching job, that some people are scared of their roster. Like, no. Yeah. You know, I want the, I want bulletproof. I want, yeah. and I want top and top and top and top. I want to be the weak one. Yeah. You know, where I can say, yo, what's going on out there? Well. Coach, blah 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 yeah. blah. Oh, for real? Oh, my bad, my bad. Yeah, that's you know? that's that's who Bob Hill was for me. But going from interim to actual being the coach, they give you names that they like and names that you ain't gonna do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. But it's it's tricky, man. You that's what I said. It's, you you got to be like you got to be an established coach to really bring in your own staff and. You got to figure it out. But I think coaching, you can figure it out. Like, it's all about learning. I was grateful that the Spurs taught me all the things behind the scenes on how to coach, how to break down film, how to create analytics, or not analytics, but like, you know, scouting reports and type it up and all that stuff. It was great information. And I was able to apply it and still, you know, still understand and express my experiences. But it's, it's not hard. Oh, I remember, uh, I remember when Rush came. Right. And I, I was like, yo, like, because it was like, I guess those years, it was like, uh, like Ricky Davis was at the UCLA Rush yeah. and all yeah. that. And then you just see a Jelani yeah. uh, Gardner. Yeah. And, you know, so that's that's what I'm coming into. Just yeah. what? Like, damn, he's nice. Yeah. He's only in college. Oh, my God. He's 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 the best player here. Yeah. He's just dunking on NBA players like left and right. And I always say this, man, like. Some talent, yeah. They they can't go through college. Yeah, you're right. They can't, you know. They 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 are NBA. Yeah. They're 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 straight NBA talent, and the college is that fork in the road that actually yeah. messes them up. It's true. You know. So I remember it's like one of them things. Like yo, just I don't I don't care where you get drafted. Yeah. I remember I had to uh, Cassius. I told his father I'm watching him against uh, KCP, and KCP is a, a decent defender. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, he takes the hard assignments. Yeah. And I see young boy, one, two, boom, pulling up. Yeah. Casey's nowhere to be found. You know, he, he had the first step on him. You know, Casey recovered because he stumbled. You know, and, but I'm just watching a high school kid because he has so much raw talent. Yeah. And, and I'm telling his dad, I said, listen, I know you're going to Duke. I'm telling you, I don't care what he does at Duke, into the draft. Yeah. I said he's... He, he might not be a college star. Yeah. 
he's NBA. He's a NBA star. His his ability is NBA ready. Yeah. And you you can get lost by with numbers in this in that zones and no no mellow ball. Yeah. NBA ready. Yeah, NBA ready. College isn't for him. And then there's some players like that. And you know, you know, when you're when you're picking, you know, players and drafting players, you gotta understand the difference between a college player and why he was successful in college and a, a guy who caught it hurt him in college, but this style he's gonna excel at. And I had to learn that too. Yeah. With like somebody like Richard Jefferson. Yeah. And I'm like, how am I the number one option on team? He's the fifth option. Yeah. And he He's damn near a lottery. Yeah. How? Because he wasn't a college player. Yeah. He had NBA, big time NBA skill. It was, was an NBA skill. And yeah. I, you know, I had to get set down and talk. And, then, you know, that's when I was in my process of watching and watching. Okay, that's okay. He's, I can see why he's struggling. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and that's how, you know. But, you, you know, you got you to gotta be able to really break all of it down to just excel in anything. Yeah. But, you know, the new wave is coming. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. And they need guys to, to take them through. Oh, we go. There we go. We, we coming. There we go. <laughs> them dinosaurs is, them, the, hey, they can only shuffle that, 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 the, them 20 coaches, they can only shuffle them enough before they realize they just don't have it. They just, they just don't. God, they're outdated. Need, <laughs> need that new blood. Huh? Fresh blood. All right. Earl, thanks again. Appreciate you. Gilbert, with the ultimate tribute when he wears your own jersey on Yeah, Twitter. yeah, but he hit the game winner on that jersey, so it's, it's a reminder. <laughs> oh, believe me. He never lets us forget. But, uh, but, but you can tell what kind of guy he is. He gave it to me, though, after. Like, so I can be able to walk in there and He like, didn't want it after that. Like, no, no, I can walk in there and be like, yo, wait, can I get your jersey? And he don't feel like, nah, hell nah. Dude. You got to like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I got your GA, you know what I mean? Um, still fits. Still fits. All right, this has been No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. For Earl Watson, I'm Mike Botticello. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fubo Sports Network. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.